And his favorite breakfast uh. cereal is mouse granola. Uh, wow. And then this is his portrait. It says he's been I'm sent- surprised it's not Mice Krispies. Mice, I'm sorry. Oh, dude, you should have you been right on them, man. <laughs> Mice Krispies. That's okay. <laughs> Rob, you got one. It's nice to win one. Rob can be back next week. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and John. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes and dudettes, and welcome back to another episode of the Turtle Flakes podcast. I am one of your lowly co-hosts this morning, Josh O'Rourke. With me, as always, is Mr. Rob Luther and Mr. himself. Thaddeus Manning. Yay! How's it going, guys? Oh, doing great, man. You know, I'm I'm off work today, and it's a lovely Saturday, and uh, just spend the day with you guys. It's it's gonna be great. And even in spite of that, he's having a good day. <laughs> well, that's yeah. awesome, man. You know, I, I'm still riding high on uh, you know our last interview with uh, Kevin Eastman. Listeners, if you've not heard, heard the interview, go back and, and check it out. What a just down to earth, laid back guy. And I really like what Jay Weezy said in the last show. He said, uh, even if he didn't create Turtles, I think he would just be one of those guys who just want to talk comics with us. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Just so so yeah. uh, down to earth. And just, it's incredible that we, we get the opportunity to talk to these people. Um, and uh, guys, go check out Drawing Blood. Today, as we're recording it, it's the 29th. But I guess as you guys hear this, it'll probably be the next Saturday, which will be the 5th. Which means that as you're hearing this, the Kickstarter is already active. Um, go check yeah. out Drawing Blood. It starts on August 1st, and of course with all Kickstarters, it's it's usually about a month um, to be funded. I don't think this thing will have any problem being funded, but go out there and support them anyway. It looks like a really cool project. You know, Rob, I, I meant to ask, and I completely forgot, yeah. but I, would, I figured you would know this. Is Drawing Blood, is it going to be like a one-shot deal, or is it a ongoing series that he's You starting? know, I was going to ask that too. I don't know. Uh, thing is, I just assume it was a one-shot, but yeah. uh, he had said something in the last interview that kind of made me think, hmm, maybe it could be more than one. He had said something that could be, we're going to throw everything at the, everything, including the kitchen sink at this guy, you know, so it makes me think there's going to be yeah. more than one problem for this guy to have to get through. Uh, so that could all be in one issue, but that could also imply that there's going to be more than one. I will find out some more information about that and uh, definitely clarify that later on so i'm not sure i hope it's more than one that'd be amazing yeah i mean the way he was i mean it to me because i don't know how kickstarter works maybe i will want um to me it it sounded like he was doing a graphic novel but you're right the way he was talking about it It sounded like an ongoing series yeah ongoing but i don't know how you a kickstarter for an ongoing series yeah i don't know i'm assuming it's a one shot but maybe it's like a trade paperback maybe it's a pretty long comic um but uh, there's the possibility that could be a series. Yeah. And who knows, maybe they're, they're, they reach all their stretch goals and they can make like a 10-year series. There you go. 
I know it could be like a volume one, volume two situation. Yeah. You know, but the Kickstarter is for like you get this box set of all two or three volumes or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, hey, you asked him for a job. Maybe he'll give you a job right in that. He ain't giving me a job. <laughs> he would. He would. Kevin Eastman seems like the nicest guy in the world, and he's going to look at me and be like, "You've never written anything in your life professionally. Come on over, kid." <laughs> he did say, "Send the scripts, man." He said, "It's up to me." Scripts. So there you go. Yeah. And he left me no mailing address. Send, just send them out there. If, if it's meant to be, I'll get them. You know, yeah. If it's your time. It's your time. No worries. Absolutely. <laughs> well, guys, uh, one thing I'm, I'm really, really fired up about is today we are returning to the classic era of the Turtles. And, uh, man, I swear everything that we're covering today is top-notch as far as the, the Turtles content. We are going to be talking yeah. about the – uh, Leonardo Micro Series from Volume 1 um, that was released in December of 87, I think. So a very, very interesting time there. Or it might be 86. I might have my years wrong. Anyways, um, we're also going to be talking about Issue 10 of Volume 1 because they were both the same story arc. And I actually didn't know that when we were scheduling the the order of the show. Uh, I just thought, you know, Issue 10 was its own uh, one-shot, and it wasn't. And the interesting thing is about these comics... I have both of them. I had the Color Classic edition of Issue 10, and I actually had the original um, uh, Series 1 of Volume 1, the micro-series. Completely forgot the storyline. I don't know if maybe I had bought them a long time ago, didn't read them, which I doubt that. What I think was more likely is I read them a long, long time ago and completely forgot because I fell back in love with these two issues. They are phenomenal, and I cannot wait to talk about them. Yeah, they were really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we're actually returning to um, Ace of Killer Pizzas. And for those of you who might not know, uh, we actually covered this in episode 50, I think it was. We'd actually done a green screen on it. Josh, I don't know if you were on for that show, but I think I remember the recording of it. Um, I think we were just lazy and didn't prep for anything that week. So we're like, hey, let, let's just watch one of our favorites. <laughs> and I think that's how... Uh, it turned out. You're gonna play me. You're gonna put me in this. I didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't do anything. Were you not on that show? I do my research, man. That was oh, me. here we go. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, maybe I was a slacker. I really can't remember. But um, but yeah. Well, the reality is, is of today's show. You're like, hey, we're gonna do a tour review. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll do one. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about pieces of cardboard today. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but, uh, by, by the way, Rob, uh, do you ever watch the episode? Um, of the 2003 series called the Strut- uh, the Strutter Strikes Back. Ooh, I probably have, and that title sounds familiar. Because that's actually an an adaptation of the comic that we're going to re- review today, and there's actually a couple of differences between uh, that episode and the comic. Oh, interesting. I'll, you know, I don't know if I've actually oh. seen that episode. I got to go check that out, and and it's interesting to me because the first thing I thought of was the first film. When I read those two comics, I was like, "Ooh, yeah. I see a lot of parallels." I was just gonna say, like the the movie has like twenty minutes where it's just these two issues we're gonna talk about. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh man, so good, so good. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, and of course, Case of the Killer Pizza is one of my favorite uh, Ninja Turtle comic or uh, Ninja Turtle cartoons of all time. So really, really exciting. And it, the whole reason we're returning to Case of the Killer Pizzas is because it falls in that sequential timeline that we're going in. So we just happen to see it again so that that kind of works out really nice so we all got that to look forward to but real quickly let me get through these links there's a lot of them but uh if you want to send us an email our email address is turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com 
We are on Twitter at Turtle Flakes, and we do have a group page. It is facebook.com slash groups slash Turtle Flakes. Got a lot of new members in the last couple of weeks, so we really appreciate everyone joining up and, and interacting. It's been great. Um, we have a TurtleCom hotline, which is just basically an answer machine where you can leave any feedback you want. Uh, number is 865-309-4875, and we got some phone calls this week that we'll, we'll play here in a little bit. I do have a blog at radrobsblog.blogspot.com. And speaking of blogs, um, always check out our buddy Mark's blog. It is incredible how prolific he is. I mean, he really inspires me. And, Josh, I'm, proud, I'm sure you probably feel the same. This guy, yeah. like, writes a review, it seems like, a day, you know, daily, of just all yeah. types of obscure stuff. Uh, he's got reviews of just about every Turtles kind of made, and it's, it's incredible. Um, so check out, it's called TMNT Entity. And the website is tmntedity.blogspot.com. So check that out. Um, we're proud to be part of the Retro Junkies Network, which is a network of family-friendly retro podcasts. And speaking of retro, uh, we're partners with the Retro Gaming Times, which is a free online magazine dedicated to classic electronics and classic video games. And they're about to hit their 20th anniversary in September, so that is really cool. So if you want to check that magazine out, if you want to write for them, it's really easy to do. The website is classicplastic.net slash TRT. And speaking of video games, just real quick, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to a, a close friend of mine. His name's Aaron. He's a fellow co-host of Genesis Gems podcast. And he and I were just talking about Ninja Turtles music yesterday at, you know, from the classic video games. And he's a composer. He likes to compose tracks based on old video game system hardware, whether it's the NES or the Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo. And he actually has an album out called Neon Dreams. He goes by the pseudonym of Daya, D-Y-A, and his, his first album is Neon Dreams. And I just wanted to insert a little preview of one of his songs for those of you who want to check it out. It's one of those things, he has the whole album online at the, his website, and I'll provide the link in the show notes, where you can listen to the whole thing for free. But if you choose to donate, you know he will gladly accept that too. That's what he said. And here's a little preview of one of his songs called Korra, one of my personal favorites.
You know, Aaron's an all-around great guy. He's working on an awesome new album. He let me listen to a wax yesterday. It just blows my mind what he can do with that old Sega Genesis sound hardware. It's just, I don't know how he does it. Uh, he's also working on a Ninja Turtles theme for us, for Turtle Flakes. So oh. I just thought that was really nice, and I wanted to give him a shout-out for it. Again, that's Daya, D-Y-A, and his album is called Neon Dreams. Go check it out, guys. I think if you like classic video game music, you'll love this stuff. So, before we get into feedback, guys, why don't we get into the Nintendo Cups? Kind of change things up a little bit. All right. So, that way you don't have to hear me the whole time. No one wants to hear me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how yep. no one disagreed. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're right, you're right. Uh-huh. Uh, you know how it is. All right. So, um, so Thaddeus, we'll start with you, my man. Have you gotten any Ninja Turtle pickups over the last, well? Uh, yeah, quite a lot of Turtle pickups, actually. Um, this Sweet. is actually... A, a decent stack. So, uh, actually, before I get into turtle pickups, real quick, I actually got some uh, Usagi Yojimbo pickups. So, I'm gonna oh show those off real quick. Now, um, I got these at uh, there's a comic book store about an hour away from my house called Covert Comics, and a lot of these are actually, believe it or not, uh, some of these are first printing, some of these are sec- uh, second printings. And I roughly paid about two dollars uh, $2 a piece for them. So the first one, this is um, the Fantagraphics book. This is uh, Usagi Yojimbo issue number one. Oh, cool! Yeah. Uh, Usagi Yojimbo issue number two. And I do have um, two extras of those, by the way. Let's see here. Usagi Ojimbo issue number three, issue number four, and then okay, this is kind of skipping ahead a little bit. Uh, this is issue number twenty-seven, twenty-eight, issue number nine, issue number thirty-one, and then now this is technically the second volume of uh, the Usagi Ojimbo comics, but these are actually by Mirage Publishing. Uh, hmm. So have uh this is march 1993 uh issue number one wow now now thaddeus do you know why they did that i didn't even know that they worked with mirage i mean i know there was kind of a close relationship with eastman and um sakai but i didn't actually know that some of the yojimbo books were actually published through mirage yeah actually i didn't realize that until i actually have this compilation book it's called uh shell shock and it's a lot like tales of the tmnt but it's sort of like independent artists, and there was actually a Usagi Yojimbo Leonardo crossover. And when I read the back panel of it, it actually said Mirage Publishing. So, uh, wow. yeah, I, th- I think uh, Stan Sakai actually worked on a lot of uh, Usagi Yojimbo uh, comics for Mirage at that time. And yeah, this was uh, around March and May 1993. Cool. Uh, so this is actually, I think this is actually the first part of the Leonardo uh, Usagi Yojimbo cover from, from Mirage Publishing. This is uh, issue number two, volume two. That's a really nice. great cover. You can actually see uh, Leonardo is actually injured on the cover and uh, Usagi is hovering over wow, him. It looks like Sakai drew that cover. And then uh, this one is July 1993. This is issue number three, volume two. Great shot of the turtles. Uh, you can actually see them walking with Usagi, and you can see a a, a ninja up in the tree ready to strike down on them. That's awesome. Yeah, Gara uh, up there too, man. 
And then uh, this is September 1993. This is issue number four, volume two. And then is this that Splinter on the cover of that one. Uh, no, actually, it's funny that you mentioned Splinter. Uh, Splinter actually does show up in Usagi's world, but he's actually a shaman. Uh, he's not called Splinter though, huh. and he actually uh, summons the turtles. He uses uh, ancient magic to actually summon them. And it, it's yeah. it's really interesting how uh, how they end up meeting with each other. Oh, it's on the uh, spirit plane. Yeah, sort of like that. Uh, this is issue number five, volume two. Yeah, I ended up getting a lot of Usagi comics because I couldn't pass up on two dollars piece for him. Deal. Issue number six, issue number seven, and then these are actually volume two right here. This is volume two, issue number eight, volume. To issue number nine. This is the last one I have. This is actually a Dark Horse comic. This is Dark Horse presents Usagi Agenda issue number 58. Still going with pickups. Um, I have most of the Savage Dragon crossover. I I think I'm missing two issues. Um, this is Savage Dragon versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is actually by Image Comics, and this follows the uh, the Image Universe. And then I have this one's actually this one's actually by Mirage Publishing. This is uh, Savage Dragon Ninja Turtles issue number one. Uh, really oh, cool. cool cover. Yeah, I really like that. And then... I wasn't making it up. <laughs> and then this is another... Mirage, I, I, I'm guessing this is the next issue in the Mirage one. Um, this is issue number two. Really cool cover. I really like this. I really like the, uh, the flames in the background. And I actually have an extra one of those, too. Oh, this is actually a uh, an Archie Adventure series. I forgot. I for, actually, I forgot that I had this. This is the Secret of the Ooze adaptation, but done in like the Archie style. So this is actually uh, Archie Adventure series presents uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two: The Secret of the Ooze. Oh, I've got that one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a Jim Lawson cover right there. Yeah, yeah. I love Jim Lawson's Archie stuff. Yeah. It's different. He didn't like do it. a lot of it, but yeah, it was good. He he did the uh, first film adaptation, too, didn't he? The yeah. one I have, uh, uh, Kevin Eastman did. Oh. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, I've got the hardcover that came out like two years ago, and mm-hmm. it's all Kevin Eastman. So. Oh. Unless there was, do you think there was more? There, there might have been. It, it, that might have been a wow. new one he did. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and then uh, this exactly one here. A, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, yep, yeah, that's the one I've got. I, I don't mean to I do it all the time, Thaddeus. Don't worry about all it. All the time. <laughs> this is actually a an, an IDW re-release, Rob, Rob, and I'm not sure if you have this or not. This is actually IDW Presents Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Color Classics, issue number four. Oh, yes, I do. I love the Color oh. Classics. That's actually, issue 10 is the one I've, I was going to review today. And then, uh, let's see... This is actually a Mirage comic. This is February 1992. This is issue number 44. This is a Raphael uh, storyline. Oh, I've got that book. That one's awesome. Yeah, that uh, that girl on the cover with him is like this really bad martial artist. Yeah, she's just like a street fighter. And they oh, have, really? Like, yeah, this great rivalry between the two of them. Ooh. Yeah, it's... She, uh... Do you remember her name? Nope. Sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she's a returning character. Could go read it real fast and find out, but no, I don't remember. And then, huh? And then uh, this is actually another Mirage published 
uh, publishing issue. This is volume two, issue number one, and I actually didn't realize it until now. This is actually uh, in full color. So this is uh, wow. uh, volume two, issue number one, full color. And uh, oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Volume two uh, is weird, man. <laughs> that's the one thing we've not talked to Jim Lawson about is volume two yet. So I think next time we have him on, that should be something we, we discuss with him because it is so radically different than, than any of the other volumes. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird how like volume one and volume three are like you know the action series kind of Ninja Turtle stuff. And then volume two and volume four are like the, the theological ones. That's tr- that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, you can definitely see like in one and three there was a lot of Kevin Eastman, and then in two and four there was a lot of Peter Laird. Right, and Lawson. Yeah, and, La- and Lawson kind of went in between all of them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, volume three. If volume three gets nothing else right, they did a lot of action. Oh yeah, you know, speaking about Savage Dragon, like Eric Larson drew the Ninja Turtles book, he drew the Savage Dragon book, and I love Eric Larson's art. I mean, it's such '90s comic book art, like. There's like muscles on top of muscles, and everybody's got pockets and pouches and giant guns and everything. <laughs> but it worked, you know. And then um, the, uh, this I actually bought off of Amazon, and I didn't think I was going going to enjoy it, but I really enjoyed this. This is actually a a, a side story micro series called uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Casey and April. This was actually really yeah. really good. Um, this was. Yeah. This is kind of a, without giving any spoilers, this is kind of how um, Casey and April met the Rat King, and it's done very, very well. I really loved the relationship between Casey and April in this series. Um, if you haven't read this, definitely check it out. It's it's really, really good. Yeah, you know, I like that. I really like that book, too. It took me, I had to read it twice to, like, really get what's going on, because there's not a lot of dialogue in uh. it. They they do a lot of storytelling with just the artwork. And I think that storyline in the IDW series gets like the most fan backlash because they all say like nothing happens. And, but like, there's a lot going on because that's where you meet. I mean, rat King Kitsune and that's the first appearance of Akka is yeah. the case in April series. And just, right. like, there's so much going on that just people just, well, there's no fighting in it. It's like, well, it, there doesn't need to be, you know, no. And then um, this is actually IDW 2012 annual. Now, I haven't read this. I did read a, a brief summary on it on uh, Mark Pellegrini's blog just so I could get caught up with it. And uh, I actually found this out, out in the wild for uh, $6, and it's it's mint condition. So this is the 2012 Ninja Turtles IDW annual side story. And I haven't finished this series yet, but I was able to pick up the first three issues at my local Books A Million. This is the Batman TMNT Avengers book. This is where the uh, 90s cartoon Batman meets up with the uh, Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles. So this is issue number one, and this is actually a variant cover by, uh, it's called Fried Pie. And as you can see on the cover, it's very reminiscent to the battle sequence of uh the 90s batman yeah oh cool and uh this is another fried pie variant uh this is this was a uh, book simone exclusive this is issue number two a great great shot of uh, harley quinn and poison ivy driving around that's the greatest artist name i've ever heard yeah fried Fried pie Pie. Uh, this is issue number three i actually got this at my comic book shop 
Uh, this is issue number three. A uh, great shot of uh, Poison Ivy and uh, Snakeweed. And then I don't have five and six, but I did pick up four. Um, this this is issue number four. This is the uh, the appearance of Scarecrow. And uh, as mm-hmm. you can see on the cover, uh, Bat- Batman's holding uh, Leonardo's sword and Leonardo's holding Batman's uh, Batarang. And the reason why is because Joke, uh, not Joker, sorry, Scarecrow unleashed his uh, gas. So they're kind of switching to these. Last but not least, finally getting to them to pickups. This uh, I picked this up uh, about two months ago and finally got around to reading it. This is the the first Batman TMNT crossover by IDW Comics, and this is the hardcover edition. I paid about I paid about fifteen for it. Um, they had it. At, they only had one copy at Books a Million. It's in really good shape. It contains all six, and it even has. Um, and in the back of the book, some really good artwork from uh, all of like the variant cover artists. So, uh, uh, any listeners, if if, you, if you're a big fan of Batman, definitely check this out. It's a, it's a really good uh, really good crossover, and I think you will really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Good lord, man, that was a heck of a haul you had, yeah. man. <laughs> Join us next week, ladies and gentlemen. I guess that's yeah. it for the show. <laughs> I wanted everybody to, to know, like like I didn't buy all that. Like in in one month, like that was over like the course of from like January up until now. I just didn't get around to talking about it. But uh, I know you know you were on the last episode, but we didn't talk about pickups then. So yeah, you've you've had uh, you've been sitting on those. That's awesome. Yeah, for a little bit. <laughs> so what about you, uh, uh, Josh? What'd you get this last week? Uh, well, actually, yesterday what came in the mail since uh, I said I wasn't gonna get any more get any more toys, but like I oh I, here we go. This is, this was actually a gift from Nicole because she said that you know I'm exiting my job relatively soon. She said she wanted to get me one more thing for the collection, and I Aww. thought, well, thank you very much. And this was something that I have been looking for since I first started uh, collecting action figures, and it's one of those it's one of those pickups, kind of like a guilty pleasure of mine. But I got all four of the Turtle Trolls. Uh, oh no way! Yeah, I got them all like in box here, so. Wow, where'd you find those on Amazon? eBay, yeah. Wow, I, boy, those are those are gorgeous box too, man. Donatello right here, Raphael and Michelangelo. So wow, good pickups, man. Now, see, we're gonna talk about well for for my Tory review. I'm not gonna do a Tory review on these, uh, but the Tory review today is gonna be about the card backs and the evolution of them. And they these actual these, I mean, first off, these figures come in boxes. With a huge origin story on the background, on the back of the card right there. Mm-hmm. And it's got such a cute origin story that I would love to see an animated series about it where, like, these uh, turtle trolls are actually magic. They have magic based powers. They're not ninjas at all, but they actually have magic. They gain magic power by eating pizza, and they have, <laughs> they cast magic spells with their belt buckles. <laughs> and so it's like they can like they say on the back of the box that they they're with their magic pizza they can actually turn shredder into a fish if they wanted to i don't know why they say that but they say that they can turn him into a fish. hey you remember that from the comics nope <laughs> but they they say that their spells only last as long as they have that piece of pizza as soon as they eat it and finish it the spell wears off and since oh, that's funny. Girls, the spells never last long but <laughs> So, well, that, that reminds me of the video games. You know, the pizza gives you extra energy. Exactly. Yeah. But it's such, a, it's such a cute, like, it's just the cute thing to look at, you know? Like, I am so torn of all these figures I have. I am so torn, the most I've ever been torn about keeping these in the box, or do I take them out of the box? 
right? Oh, man. Because this box art is so cool. It's just like all four turtle all four turtle trolls coming out of the sewer. They live in like Middle Earth sewers kind of thing. And, <laughs> you know, I should just kind of I, – I kind of think I'm just going to boxes up because – Ah, if I were you – if if I had to make a choice, I would keep them the box just because the boxes look so nice. I was just going to ask you guys like because I'm so torn. I need to know. What do I do? You know? I'm – I would keep them in the box because the turtle trolls, as far as um, uh, collectible toy items, they are pretty rare. I haven't really uh-huh. seen on Amazon or eBay, um, just like loose. And, and and like you said, like like you really appreciate, you know, the artwork and everything on it. So yeah, I, I would definitely uh, just maybe put them on like a top shelf and just keep them yeah. dusted and just yeah. Uh, keep on display and yeah whenever you have company ever just show them off man yeah because yeah that's 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 a way to get company to leave early it's like hey look at my toys and like freak. <laughs> look at my break my troll sort trolls <laughs> yeah but i mean i've got the original four figures in box hung up on a wall so there's enough room where these actually fit above them so i could probably just put these on the wall above i gotta dust those by the way so that's the one thing I always forget to do is the dust of my action figures, and it's like, oh god, it takes so long. You got to take everything off the shelf and dust it and put it back and blah blah blah. So, but yeah, man, I absolutely. I've always, I was actually like debating getting these, and I just could never find them. In I don't care about in box or anything, but like I could never find them in good condition to warrant the money. You know, mm-hmm. because there'd be a belt right. missing, or there'd be paint chips all over, or the hair would look nappy. <laughs> and, you know, but I I got all of these in box here. It's so cool. So jealous. <laughs> but I, I was actually debating whether to get the turtle trolls or to see if I can find a turtle blimp. Because I've got all the vehicles Ooh. except for the turtle blimp, you know. And surprisingly, the turtle blimp's actually pretty cheap. Yeah, I need to get me the blimp, yeah. Yeah, because I've got, I mean, I've got the van, the sewer set, and the technodrome. All I'm missing blimp, but I have no place for it. That's, that's kind of like what with me, man. Like, I, I want to get, I want, I want to get back, especially to collecting like the Nickelodeon toys. It's just I just do not have the room for them, and yeah. I got to either debate: do I want to buy buy a dresser and store more comics, or do I want to re- rearrange my room for the twentieth time and try to stick more figures up there? I mean, actually, uh, above my <laughs> bed, I um have the uh, the Playmates um classic collection ninja turtle figures like like the big giant tall ones and uh yeah they're, they're still in in the in the case i didn't even realize like, like how much space like like those took up so yeah yeah once you once you get even 90 yeah. percent of my stuff is taken out of the box because you know I, I honestly don't care about inbox stuff but once you get everything even when you get everything out and even if you don't post stuff with accessories like i rarely post them with accessories but just it's surprising how much room they take up. Like for a while, I was feeling really claustrophobic. Uh, just like <laughs> like before, I got I have this big glass uh, case with all of the basic figures from the '88 line in there. Before I had that big case, like I just had stuff out, and I felt super claustrophobic to where I had to pack everything up and put it in the closet just so I felt like I could breathe. And like I, I seriously like I. One day I woke up. My wife was already up. And I woke up after, which never happens. But, like, I just, like, sat in bed and I, like, had a mini panic attack because I just felt like we're broke, aren't we? You know, it's just, you know, so 
I went downstairs. <laughs> I ran downstairs crying. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, honey. Please, I love you. <laughs> Which I think all of us collectors have had. If you're a good collector, you've had oh. that moment. Like, if you care about your friend, you've had that moment. Yeah, so. yeah I mean, I look at all the stuff uh, I've bought in over the years, and I'm like, oh, man. If I'd have known I was going to have a child, I could have put this toward his college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but my, I'll tell you what. One thing that has made it all kind of – I don't feel as guilty anymore because my son is absolutely obsessed with the turtles now. Like every time he takes a bath, he has to pick one of my Ninja Turtles. Every time I'm wearing a Ninja Turtle shirt, he goes, turtle? He points at my shirt. Like, who's that word? So you know what? I'm pretty yeah. proud of that. I think yeah, I'm doing my all son, right. My son Isaac <laughs> is the same way. But like Isaac really would just oh, wants awesome. to mess with me all the time because – I wear a Ninja Turtle shirt, and I'll pick him up, and he'll go, hey, what's that? I said, it's the Ninja Turtles. Okay, what's that? I said, that's the Ninja Turtle. Okay, what's that? He's like, you're just doing it on purpose. I've told you nine times exactly what it is. Now stop. Okay. Uh, uh. And then the quote I, well, I think your kids like to mess with you on the show. Because, oh, right. like, I, I like Vincent just trolling you uh, during the Kevin Eastman interview. Yeah, he's trying to. And then he gets mad. Because she's like, shut up! I don't interrupt your stuff when you do. You know, you want your time. Let me have my time. You know? I just wanted to meet Kevin Eastman. He's kind of a big deal. Yeah, well, it took thirty-four years to meet him. You can wait. <laughs> oh well, you that was good. You got me there. Yeah. <laughs> oh sweet man. So did you get anything else? I mean, I know with with those four pickups it's hard to top that but. uh outside of the new comics that came out i got issue 72 and tmnt usagi ojimbo number one that just came out on thursday i picked those up yesterday digitally so because i wait till stuff comes out in a collected form just so i can you know save money <laughs> it really even that's not working because like you know i pick up the trade paperbacks so i can save money right be economical be economical about it but then I, it just hit me it's like for the show I have to pick them up digitally because there's no comic book shops around here. I have to pick them up digitally, so and it's the same price as the as buying them in a comic shop. So I'm still spending money on comics. Either way, <laughs> I'm buying all these things twice. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. Uh, that's me. I'm getting double dipped every time I because I, I keep thinking like I, for this week, for example, I was I wasn't sure if I had one of the comics and I ordered it just to be safe because I didn't find it right away. And sure enough, I did have it, but I'd already bought it. So I was like, oh, well. But for me, for pickups, uh, I did get, speaking of the Batman crossover, um, I did get the trade paperback. I didn't get the hardcover one, but just the other trade. I did finally get uh, TMNT Magazine issue number three. That came in the mail a couple days ago. And that's from the, yeah, that's from the winter of 1991. Um, Picked up IDW 72 and the the Ujimbo crossover. And also... (laughs) Because I made a stupid mistake. I think last time I was previewing this episode that we were covering issue 11. Well, Thaddeus called me out on it. He's like, uh, I think you're on issue 10, man. And he's right. So I didn't know that at the time. I had already ordered issue number 11. <laughs> but there, there is some silver lining to it. And there were actually two issue 11s in it. Ooh. So, yeah. So I got one uh, that I'm going to keep myself. And the other one I was going to do um, as part of that giveaway. So And I'll, I'll board it for you. And I'm going to put my metalhead figure in there and some Ninja Turtle stuff that I have around the house. I'm going to put in there. And whoever writes this a review from now till uh, the end of August is eligible for it. So I'll just randomly draw. We've had two reviews so far. So they're already in the mix. They have a 50% chance of getting it now unless somebody else writes in. So 
um, please, yes, uh, write in. Let us know what you think of the show. It really does help out the show. And, and for those who have already written us reviews, thank you so, so much. It really does help. So as for feedback, guys, we've got a lot. Would you guys rather do the phone calls first or first? Uh, let's do the emails. Okay, you got it. Our first email comes from, we got it about a week ago, um, from one of our listeners, Tracy. And she said, hey, guys, I'm surprised to hear on your most recent podcast that you're not getting a lot of email. So here you go. <laughs> See, she kickstarted everything. My goodness. Uh, she said, was it Rob who liked the Mystic Donnie figure? And I said, yes. Uh, the episode he was referring to was Vision Quest, and that was in the second season. Love the on that one. In case you're interested, don't know anyone in real life who is, so it's worth a shot. I've run across a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff from the storyboard artist for that episode. And she sent me some pictures of some of the artwork uh, that was, I guess, the preconceptions of that episode. So really cool stuff. And I'll provide a link in our show notes for that. So thank you, Tracy, for the email. That was really cool. And, yeah, love me some Mystic Donatello. Uh, next one comes from Mike Webb. Uh, and he's for us. A really, really good question that I think we've wondered about ourselves. Calabunga, guys. It's Mike Webb again. Just had a question. There is a complete DVD box set for the classic TMNT show, and there is even the Next Mutation complete series on DVD. But why is there one for the 2003 series? So that was the question. Well, um, actually, um, there they had a box set of like the first uh, the first season that Fox put out years ago, and then Nickelodeon started putting out DVD collections of the 2003 series but so far they've only done like maybe the first season maybe the first season and there was i remember there was a petition for Cody and viacom to put out the uh a box set of the 2003 series but see i yeah. don't know if that's i don't know how that's going to work considering 2000 the 2003 series was a fox show i know that viacom owns right. the rights to ninja turtles but necessarily mean they can produce everything that the Ninja Turtles put out. You know, so yeah. as of right now, there isn't a box for the 2003 animated series, but you never know. One day, I would imagine one day there will be. You know, it'll get worked out legally yeah. and they'll they'll take Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I think one day it'll definitely happen and it'll hopefully be a nice organized way they do it. Um, but, you know, for now, if you really want to see all the episodes, just about every single one of them are on YouTube. You can get creative, and, and I don't encourage doing anything illegal, but uh, if you really want to see them at least, there are plenty of resources online where you can at least see them. So but would it be nice to have, an, you know, an actual DVD case on the show? Yeah, and I would not – I would actually, yeah. believe it or not, I would recommend buying these these seasons digitally, like on iTunes or on Amazon Video. Like I'm on Amazon, I'm on Amazon oh, yeah, right yeah. now, and they've got – pretty much every season from what i can tell uh on their amazon instant video uh, or amazon video i should say because i don't do what i did and i bought like the dvds on like ebay and amazon over the over the course of about a year and looking back i spent way too much money on them even though i bought them over a long period of time i spent too much on those dvds and it's just not worth it you know, I would buy them, buy them for cheap, buy them on uh, instant video, buy them, buy them digitally. And maybe that's why you're not really that on the 2003 series. You're bitter about the cost. <laughs> I'm salty about the, about the money I spent on them. Yeah, that's it's like, it. This was not worth, you know, this was not worth this much money. Well, I'm not really, <laughs> but like, 
And you know what? It's just the 2003 series I've just not seen a lot of. You know, I yeah. I haven't made it past, I have not made it past the first season yet. A couple of the voices I just don't care for. There's not a bad voice actor in it. I just don't care for it. And I don't like I don't like Hun. You know, I, I don't I don't care for Hun. You don't like Hun? I mean, I like the character, but like he just he's just a big strong moron. You know, <laughs> I'm the best. And it's just <laughs> shut up. I really like him in Turtles Forever because hey, finally some character evolution in it where he gets mutated, and he's got this great line in Turtles Forever where he says, "I hate turtles, and all I see in the mirror now is a turtle, and I that makes me hate you even more." I was like, finally in the last episode of Turtles Forever, they give him a character I like. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and one of the reasons why the DVDs are so expensive is because they're actually out out of print. Because I was I was thinking about this the other day. I'm almost willing to bet a few years from now the Nickelodeon DVDs based on the Nickelodeon series are going to be going up in price, which is why I'm trying to encourage everybody to pick up the DVDs because they're they're not that expensive. And if you go on Wikipedia, you can actually because. I know that Jay Weezy said he's he's confused by the DVDs because they're not numbered, they're um, not. but you actually can go on Wikipedia and that has like the complete episode guide. Um, the way that they that they do their DVDs is usually with, with each season they'll do three volumes, so they'll do like season one three volumes, season two three volumes, three four five etc. Um, I do know that they have the first two s- complete seasons on DVD at Amazon, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm strongly encouraging anybody right now that hasn't picked up the DVDs to go ahead and pick it up, pick them up now while they're cheap because um, they're, they're they probably are you know five years down the line are going to become collector's items. Yeah, yeah, I can believe that. Uh, I'm sure, like you said, five years. I'm sure within five years they'll have a box set of the whole series. That'd be nice. Another yeah. turtle. Van. Yeah, I know that's what I was thinking. Like, get get the 2003 series all together in a turtle van, like they did for the classic series, and then do it again for the 2012 series, and you got all of this collection of turtle vans on your shelf there. Oh, that'd be cool. You yeah, open and them up diff- and, hey, DVDs. So, <laughs> and, and each series has a different one. You know, 2003 had the Shell Razor. This one's got the party wagon. So, yeah. Well, all right, guys. Our next email comes from Christopher Brusaw. This is a really cool email. Here, he says, um, "Greetings, Turtle Flakes." Long-time listener of the podcast, and after hearing in a recent podcast that you hadn't had any emails lately, I decided that I would send one over to you guys. I'm currently deployed over at Abu... Is it Abu Dhabi? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And catching up on some Turtle Flakes episodes, I can realize that I have a great connection to you guys, which makes me enjoy the podcast even more. I couldn't believe when I heard Josh say recently that he had went home to Indiana, as I am too from Indiana. Bloomington, Indiana. Oh, okay. You know where... Bloomington is there, Jeff? Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's just south of Indianapolis, I think. Oh, nice. And on top of that, my first base 10 years ago was at the uh, Hurlbert Field in Fort Walton Beach. So when I hear you guys talking about Pensacon and the Gulf Coast, it definitely brings back memories. Like so many, my love for the Turtles dates all the way back to the first movie. It was from that point I became a fan. I even have an Eric Talbot raft tattoo in my sleeve that I got from a print of his when I met him in 2015. I love his style and take on the Turtles and wanted to have something that represented the TMNT in my sleeve, so I went with this. That's cool. It's Oh yeah, he sent a picture. It's awesome looking. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's always a great feeling when the artist acknowledges your tattoos and enjoys it as much as you do. 
Getting a compliment from him was excellent. I've gone back and read many issues from volumes 1 through 4, but I have to say that IDW has done an amazing job with them and have put out the best comics to date. Right before going on uh, this deployment, I finally obtained a second printing of TMNT number 1 uh, that I can hopefully get signed by Kevin once I get stationed back in the States next year. Thank you guys for putting on such an awesome TMNT podcast. I look forward to listening to each episode. Oh, it's great to listen to people who share the same passion for a fandom as you do, as you do to discuss everything with it on a regular basis. Keep keep doing what you're doing, and Cowabunga Dudes, Christopher Brusaw. Man, what a nice email. Uh, thank you, Christopher. I really appreciate your kind words. I'm glad that there's another fan out there with turtle tattoos. I've got them, too. You know, but, you know, stay, yeah. please stay safe where you're at, man. Thank you very much for your service. I really appreciate a fan that's, that is that honest with us. And it's really cool. I wholeheartedly agree. And I just sent you guys a picture of his tattoo, so you can look at that. Oh, no kidding. Oh, dude. Isn't that cool? <laughs> that is cool, man. Dude, oh, I got to get another one. So Yeah, there you go. You're man. running out of arm space, man. <laughs> no, I gotta, I, yeah, I'm running out of arm space here, man, so... Well, you just got to go back to the gym, work on those biceps, like me. You, you know what? Oh, shut up. You're <laughs> <laughs> a girly man like Rob. Yeah. What are we, Hans and Franz now? Just going up. I think so. Up. We're here to pump you up. Yeah. <laughs> ah. I wholeheartedly agree, man. Thank you so much for the email. Thank you for your service for our country. And it's so nice to kind of share this interaction with fellow fans all over the world. I mean, that is so cool. I love doing podcasts for this reason. You know, and just keep what you're doing, and hopefully you can get another Eric Talbot tattoo one of these days. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and our last email comes from uh, Marcos, who, he's a, he's a great guy. Every now and then he'll send us just random links to some things that are coming out, and we really appreciate that. Uh, he says, hi, Turtle Flakes gang, just dropping by to say hi and pass along some news. Might have already caught wind of this, but here goes anyway. He sent a link to the new Ghostbusters Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. Yeah. Um, uh, do you know what comes out, Thaddeus? Uh, yeah, it's actually going to be a sequel to the first Ghostbusters TMNT crossover, and it's actually coming out in November. And also, to Ooh. promote the comic, they're actually coming out with Ghostbusters TMNT toys. So it's actually going to be like uh, like Raphael's Winston, Donatello is Egon, uh, Michelangelo is Ray. I think that's right. And Leonardo is Vinkman, I think. Yeah, Playmates Toys is um, uh, going to be releasing them around the same time as the comic, which should be uh, towards the middle of November. Yeah. What What do you think of those figures? Have you seen them? I actually have. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, I just don't like oh, them. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Well, you know what? They like gave them like their specific like hairstyles and like facial hairstyles and everything. I was like, <laughs> Why didn't you just put Turtles in Ghostbusters uniforms? That's all you had to do. Okay. No, I, I was actually thinking the same thing. Same thing. They they look cool, but they they they're basically just Ghostbusters painted green. Yeah, it looks like the Ghostbusters just painted their faces, and it's, I don't. I just don't like that. Huh? I never thought about that, guys. I actually thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, it always bring me down there, Josh. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> well, you got me here. I got to level everything out. It's like, no, uh-huh. you're not going to buy everything. Uh that's true. That's true. Yeah, he's he's good for me, believe it or not. All right, so uh, uh, we do have a couple of phone calls. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Last The last thing that Marcos sent us a link was a review of the Usagi Ojimbo figure, and uh, I read the review, um, gave it an 8 out of 10. I'm personally a fan of the figure. What do you guys think? 
No, I, I was gonna say, yeah, the uh, the basic figure looks looks really cool. Uh, the figure that I really want to get my hands on is the samurai uh, Usagi figure with the samurai warhorse. You just you just took the words out of my mouth, yeah. Have Have you seen pictures of that, Rob? It's uh, it's samurai Usagi, and it's like it's like a, a bundle where he comes with a samurai warhorse. Was Was that the one that was that came out during the San Diego Comic Con? Uh, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, that one looks great. Can you actually get that in stores, or is that just uh, exclusive? Uh, you, uh, you should get be able to get it in stores. I think Target carries it, so you may oh. want to check. As far um, as I know, all the turtles come on war horses too. You can get variants with their war horses. So yeah, oh that's awesome. But you can buy, you can just buy the Samurai figure without the horse too. You can they they made just that figure available too. Yeah. Wow, that that sounds awesome. I'll have to check that out. That one looks a bit better than the Usagi figure. Because, like, the only thing I don't like about the Usagi figure, the reason I haven't bought it is because his, uh, sword, his sheaths of his swords are plugged into his side, and you can't take them, you can't remove it. And the only thing that sucks about that is it keeps his, uh, I think it's his left arm, keeps his left arm kind of cocked, uh, semi-upwards. Yeah. So he can never just, like, lay his arm all the way down. So that's, Oh, okay. That's the only thing that's kept me from getting it. Outside, I mean, online is and online it's way expensive. Like, you can buy the figure at Target or Walmart if you can find it for like nine bucks. But if you buy it on Amazon, you're gonna pay like thirty five bucks. That's ridiculous. And I've already got yeah. an Usagi figure, so thank you, but no. Right, right. Well, good stuff, man. Yeah, Marcos, thank you so much for the email, man. Uh, keep them coming, man. We love hearing uh, news like this. We're so thankful for, for the feedback we've gotten. This is great because sometimes these lulls where you don't hear a thing from anybody, yeah, and yeah. then you, all of a sudden you'll, they'll just pour in like this, and we just we can't thank you enough. The turtle come. Maybe that's Michelangelo now. This is Donatello. Come in. Hey, I just came across a podcast recently. This is Brian from Utah, and um, was listening to. I just enjoy. That could actually cover Volume Four, which doesn't get as much uh, cred as it should. But uh, you went, we're going over the issue recently. I think it was issue nine um, with the foot bots and fighting cry, and and you had asked the question about who that was with Shadow. And it was, uh, if you remember from the original Volume One, issue fifteen, it was members of the Justice Force. So I'm just bring that up to you. And hmm. Also, you had mentioned a. Um, one of the other previous in another podcast. Sorry, I don't remember the uh, issue, the uh, podcast numbers. But she had done a review of Volume One, Number Nine, and you were hoping that they had done a, a follow-up to that. And I wanted to let you know that they did do a follow-up to that in the Tales of the TMNT, and um, that was a really good issue. That if you guys haven't caught, you guys should. It's um, it was just a really good issue. I'm trying to find it right now on the uh, Mirage website. Anyways. Um, you guys check that out. It's on the uh, Tales of the TMNT Volume Two, and that'd be a really good one to to do. It's issue twenty-two in Volume Two of Tales of TMNT. Anyways, thought you guys Ooh. would want to know that, and uh, hope you guys will do more reviews of Volume Four and the news that Peter wants to go back to it. So, anyways, keep up the good work. Bye. All right. Hey, great stuff there. So, first of all, the justice uh, the Justice Force. I I did hear of them before, and I did know that they killed some of those characters in Volume Four, um, but I didn't actually know that till fairly recently. So uh, so thank you so much for the feedback on that, 
also, that's so cool that issue nine of the first volume, that was the one um, with... That's the one with Splinter, and he's on that astral plane. Yeah, that's when he switches bodies with that old dude. That's right. Tavis Grandson and all that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so they follow up that story in Volume 2 of Tales of the TMNT. 20 years later. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah, 20 years later. I love that. I love that. And there's something that's actually mentioned in today's comic that is actually followed up in Tales of the TMNT Volume well. So, you know, 25, 30, almost 30 years later. Uh, so really, really cool that they follow up with some of these, these storylines and these characters. And also, what he said at the very end, I did not know. I didn't know Kevin or um, Pierre Laird's interested in uh, coming back to Volume Four. That'd be um, amazing. No, yeah. yeah. Have you guys heard that? No, I haven't heard that. I know that he has the opportunity. Uh, when they made the Viacom deal, he was given the opportunity to write like an, basically ten issues a year for the Mirage Banner. Mm-hmm. So hmm. who knows? I think it's like it's it's somewhere ridiculous. Like uh, between ten and twenty issues a year, he's allowed to write under mirage comics so um and just he just hasn't done it you know so but who knows he'll he'll probably come back oh yeah oh yeah yeah. which is weird because i I went and emailed mirage a couple times because when i was doing research for the uh the figure guide they're they all over the mirage website they're just talking about how they we have nothing to do with ninja turtles anymore don't ask about ninja turtles we don't have anything to do with it but then like they've got all this turtles art everywhere over over at that site yeah the uh the the shellback um our art studios that steve levine and peter laird worked on um i did hear that it recently shut down so they're not, they're not yeah they're gonna be doing but i did hear that if you i think if you go to uh, go to www.miragepublishing.com they still have some backstock issues I'm not sure if they're first prints of like all, like each volume of uh, just like the Mirage comics. They're just random issues left over. The thing, the only problem with that is that I heard it takes because like depending on like where, like the location of like the actual Mirage publishing, it takes about anywhere from two to four weeks to actually get those in the mail. That's the only downside. Yeah. But I do hear that they have a lot of like rare. Um, backstock issues from like uh, three four uh no word on the image comics though yeah huh. i doubt they're gonna sell the the image books i'm really wondering if if idw would would uh reprint those in like a graphic novel form kind of like how um kind of like how they did the uh the uh the archie books they might yeah, they they i don't see there's a lot of the thing of it is, and I hate saying stuff like this, but the uh, the honest truth of it is, there's a lot of fan love for the Archie books, and fans don't want to. Seemingly, I might be wrong, but fans don't seem to want the image stuff out. Well, there. yeah, you don't you don't hear about it as much. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. I wonder right. if it's just because you know. Well, I heard on the internet that it sucks, so that must mean it's true. It's like you know, give it a shot; you might like it. You know. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, kind of so like the original always... Turtles game. Yes, it's like, well, I heard that that game sucks. It's like, play it; yeah. you might like it. Yeah, see, because because I heard that like the Image series ended on ended on a cliffhanger, but the, but I did hear that there is always a possibility. You know, like kind kind of like how Josh just said, if if Peter Laird ever wants to come back uh, one day and do it, you, I mean, he's more than welcome to. Or yeah. you know, maybe they could even. Maybe Kevin Eastman one day would just start Kickstarter to 
maybe do like the final issue and kind of do like the final chapter or whatever. I'm hoping that happens because uh, I know I know I haven't read them yet, but I'm still kind of like intrigued by the story, um, even though it's kind of like way far out there. Um, that that is something that, that I would like to uh, definitely cover and discuss one day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, issue or volume four, like it ended on a cliffhanger, and I guess that there was a lot of fan backlash uh, towards volume four at the time because of their treatment of April O'Neil. Right. Um, yeah, like when you found out like who April actually is, you know, and who she's been full yeah. time and like how she came to be, it's kind of like, well, okay. I mean, I only have a problem with it. I kind of, I, I kind of think it's cool that there was this thing in the background that you never knew about. But yeah, I'm only one person, so. Especially with like the Archie comics, how they had, they, how they were, they were originally supposed to end the series where. The future, the future uh, Archie Turtles meet up with like the Mirage Turtles, and they never, they just kind of never did it. I did hear a rumor. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but I did hear that since IDW is reprinting the adventure series and um, graphic novel forms, yeah. and since actually the sales of those have been very well, uh, there is a possibility that we might get a. Not like anytime soon because they're still printing out the volumes, but I, but one day I heard that we might get like an actual conclusion to that, and and you know even if we don't, you know there's always the possibility of Kickstarter because I mean you know behind me I got the uh, the TMNT Odyssey which is a uh, a fan comic that that a TMNT fan wrote and he um, contacted Jim Lawson and. And Kevin Eastman about it, and it actually serves as the final chapter of uh, the Mirage comics. So, you know, like I said, you never know. You know, there, there could always be somebody that one day decides to write the final chapter of the Image comics or the Archie comics and pitch the idea because that's, that's pretty much all, all they would need to do is, um, you know, get Kevin's or whoever's permission that worked on, you know, the Archie series that helped write the books and um, just see if they want to come back and do like a one shot. I mean, that's, that's kind of like what happened with TMNT Odyssey. And I haven't read it yet just because of major spoilers, because it, it is technically the founder. But I did hear that, that it ends on a way that kind of like ties that, that kind of ties like all the universes together. Which yeah. was really interesting, I thought, because I know that like uh, Turtles Forever kind of did like the same thing. Uh, so yeah, you never know. I mean, even with like the IDW comics, you know that you know they could even do a one shot where like the IDW Turtles meet like the Mirage Turtles or something. You know, you never know. That, that's that's kind of like the cool thing about Ninja Turtles. Is like, is like like you never know what's going to happen, and then like when it happens, like you don't expect it. Well, one thing that makes me think it's definitely a possibility is, do you guys remember for the 30th anniversary, they did that whole trade paperback annual yeah. with all the different eras of writers? They brought back Eric Larson from Volume 3 to to write a short story, didn't they? Yeah, sure well, they what they did with the 30th anniversary one is they took, they made original stories from every era of the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. That, that one, that one, the image... Uh, turns actually kind of my favorite. I kind of like that, you know, where it's where it is. Uh, Leonardo's got one hand; he had his hand cut off. You know, Raphael lost an eye; he kind of looks like Two Face. Uh, yes. And Donatello is a cyborg. I kind of like that, you know. I kind of, I, I kind of like that they weren't afraid to just drastically things. You know, it's 
oddly enough, that's what that inspires me a lot when when I'm writing. You know, I really like that they just had the backbone just say, no, this is what we're doing. You know, you can either get on board or you can wait for the next issue. You know, I like that. Dude, if if NECA decided to do like like an image comics toy line, I would definitely buy that. Kind of like how how we talked with uh how I talked with Kevin last night. Like I love to see like an IDW like uh Hob figure, Alapex figure. Oh so man, sweet. I'd be willing to pay up to a hundred dollars for old Hob. I, I don't think I could ever go above that. Oh, don't just, don't say that because I don't have that don't kind of money let, right now. Don't let NECA <laughs> know you're willing to spend that much on one figure because they'll. I know, I know. I know. I said up to, but you know, you know I kind of. I, I mean, I get it. I, I, I love. I, I understand why everyone's got this fascination with like NECA figures, but like, I just, I, I think they've got too much power, man. They're just like, oh, we're gonna make it all comic exclusive. Yeah. We're gonna charge this much, and I know that it's because Viacom has a deal with Playmates, which why NECA's figures are Comic Con exclusives, and they, they charge. Two one hundred to two hundred dollars per figure, and I understand that they got, we've got a great deal with the one quarter scale figures of the movie figures being only a hundred dollars a piece for an eighteen inch figure. But I don't know my kind of my love affair with NECA is kind of it's kind of like ah they kind of promote stuff and then they don't do it and then their quality control just doesn't exist and like their aliens which are great nine times out of ten not nine times out, but like. You hear more often than not of people like opening the package and their figures in pieces, you know. Yeah. Ah, oh, no. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I don't know. Yeah, their turtle stuff is great, and like they've showed off figures that could be released with within the next year. Of like they're doing a Dimension X figure series line, which it's like, yeah, they look great, but is it gonna happen? Because they've got to. They've got to jump through all these legal loopholes where they show you concepts for a figure that might happen. It was like the Shred- and people assume it will. Yeah, it was like the Shredder and Foot Clan figures that came out last year from New York Sh- Comic Con. Charlie talked me into buying, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know I did. Yeah, he's a terrible like, influence. I have those. They're displayed. They're up here, but like they were actually originally displayed in two thousand eight. Yeah. Wow. And it took almost 10 years for them to come out because, oops, sorry, legally we can't do it. And they, it took them that long to legally work through all the loopholes to release the figures in a super condensed run. Like, you could only buy your Comic-Con. Yeah. And you didn't pre-order them. You weren't getting, like, right now I would not recommend getting because, like, just people are selling them for crazy price. Oh, I know. I know. You know? Yeah, didn't. Didn't you and I? Didn't we pay what was it, like a hundred and twenty for the whole set? One thirty, yeah. Thirty, but that's that's still not that bad if you really that's think about it. That's not bad, it. yeah, because you've got you like are, you are getting like four like really detailed figures. You know, if it if it was like I think like one shredder, I don't I don't think I could do it. Um, not for a six so, inch figure, no. no. Because I know that somebody actually did a. Um, a custom shredder that was sort of like that style before NECA released it, and they put it on eBay for like fifty bucks. And I mean, it, it looked exactly like the the NECA one. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you never know. Oh, 
Cowabunga, dudes and dudettes. This is uh, Thaddeus, Mr. T here, bringing you another editing, uh, segment of Channel 6 Turtle News. And uh, some pretty exciting announcements coming up. Uh, the first being, uh, and, and we did talk about this briefly earlier, there is going to be a sequel to the Ghostbusters TMNT crossover uh, it will have the same team that won the first crossover, and it is coming out, I believe the date was November 15th of this year, and around the same time, uh, Playmates Toys are releasing uh, exclusive Ghostbusters TMNT toys, so stay tuned for that in November. Uh, next on the All list... Alright, I just got a couple of predictions real quick. I think is going to show back up, because I don't think it's a coincidence that they just mentioned Chiyu in the last um, issue of the IDW run. Yeah. Um, come back. Yeah, I don't totally. know how, yeah, totally. but I think he's coming back. Now, this this one's actually uh, far off. It's not going to come out till next year, but uh, this is the TMNT Universe Volume 3 Karai's Path trade paperback. This will collect all the issues of the Karai's Path uh, story arc. And this comes out March 13th, 2018, and you can actually pre-order this on Amazon. The retail price is $20. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I uh, read the issue of that. It's pretty good. Awesome. Next up, now I don't know if this is... I don't know if this is actually an IDW board game. I think it is. Uh, I think I showed a picture of this to you, Rob. It's a brand new TMNT board game called Teenage Mutant Ninja... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Showdown. This comes oh, yeah. September, I think September 20th of 2017. Uh, this is going to be a brand new board game. It's basically kind of played in the style of Shadows of the Past. I haven't seen any of the pieces, but it looks like the game will be centered around Buop and Rocksteady. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Two more two more real quick announcements. Um, on August 7th, uh, exclusively at Walmart toy, uh, Walmart um, shopping centers, there will be a 12-inch exclusive uh, Usagi Yojimbo toy. Whoa, I know that. Uh, this will basically be Usagi, kind of like how he is in the normal figure, but he will actually be uh, 12 inches out of the usual six. And then uh, one last announcement. Now, this I heard about yesterday, and honestly, I didn't think that they were going to do another one. They are doing a sequel to the Nickelodeon special episode Transdimensional Turtles, and that and this is actually oh. a three-part story arc called One Rock Steady. Now it's going to be the Nickelodeon Turtles teaming up with the '87 Turtles again, but this time it's going to have the '87 Bjorn and Rocksteady as well as '87 Shredder, and actually. Uh, sadly, since James Avery passed away, may he rest in peace, they are actually going to get Kevin Michael Richardson, who plays uh, Shredder in the Nickelodeon series, to actually do the James Avery Shredder to kind of pay it to him. So that will be wow. coming out uh, actually pretty soon. I think it's uh, towards the end of next month. That's not, so that'll be in the last season, huh? Uh, yeah, that, that, is, uh, that is Tales of the TMNT Season 5. That's, that's the on- ongoing uh, final season. So that should... Actually, the, uh, the DVD comes out in September, so it'll actually have the, uh, the special on, on the DVD. Okay, that's it for the uh, Turtle News. 
real quickly, I'll do my uh, Rad Relic, guys. I'll keep it short and sweet. I found this in my collection here, and this is the How to Draw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book, which was actually released in 1986. And what's interesting is that this was not actually published by Mirage, although Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird did uh, provide artwork for this particular issue. This was done by Solson Publications. And uh, real quick background on Solson. They were not around very long. Um, they were only around from my sources here about a little over a year. And um, they were based out of Brooklyn, New York. And Saul Brodsky, or I guess Brodsky, I'm not sure how you would say his last name, but he was a longtime artist for Marvel during the huge boom in the 60s and 70s. Well, his son Gary Brodsky founded Solson, and that's where the whole Solson name comes from, Saul's son. There's a, I've looked at the library of Solson books. There's a lot of how-to-draw books. And some of them are a little bit adult-themed, if you guys know what I mean. Uh, there's there's some pretty salty stuff on there. Uh, but there's also some you know comics for kids out there, like the Solson Christmas Special, Samurai Santa. You know, So there's some goofy titles in there, too. They also did a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Teach Karate comic book. <laughs> so if you've seen that one, it was done by the same um, comic book company during this time in 86. And the actual uh, comic itself... It's pretty neat. It's got a lot of commentary here. Um, definitely, you can see their art style is definitely um, consistent with Mir you know the Volume 1 Mirage series. There's some interesting commentary. So it shows each one of the turtles as I'm flipping through. Construction of the heads of the turtles. Um, turtle expressions, you know, so lots of different facial expressions and how to draw those. You know, angles and perspectives from the sketch to finish. Uh, turtle shells, turtle hands. There's a great pinup right in the middle drawn by Peter Laird. Uh, how to do action scenes. It even tells you how to um, write in dialogue boxes, you know, uniformly mm -hmm. um, and neatly. So, really, really cheap comic book. And it kind of shows you some finished products and some great pinups at the end. I remember getting this on mycomicshop.com mm -hmm. probably about 10 years ago for like a buck. And uh, I have looked again, and really not much more expensive. They're about two fifty now. Yeah. Um, they're not that rare, which I'm kind of surprised at because this company wasn't around very long. Um, but yeah, just a solid, uh, cool little knickknack to have, maybe display on your shelf. And I thought it was interesting. You know, Solson was another kind of victim of of the black and white comic boom in the '80s, and how it was huge for a little while, and how unfortunately it, it kind of fizzled out toward the late '80s and. Unfortunately, Solson was one of those one of those victims of that, and that is it for my rad relic this week. Uh, hopefully, I won too long. No, uh, dude, like I actually have this uh, this as well. Actually, I found this at Pensacon, and yeah, it wasn't that much. I think I paid about ten bucks for it. And uh, oh wow! Know, for any any listeners, if you ever wanted to draw Ninja Turtles, if you ever wanted to do Ninja Turtle fan comics, definitely pick up this book. Like, like it's not that much. It's very detailed. Very easy step-by-step -step guide, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to give this a solid, a solid ten out of ten. This is, this is like the definitive how to draw Ninja Turtles comic book. Yeah, it's really neat. It really is, and it's definitely got Eastman and Laird's stamp of approval on it. You can tell, and just the cover of the artwork itself is pretty, pretty sweet. I mean, they're facing off against all these. I don't know. I guess they're aliens, um, and I'm wondering if it's from oh that one where they went to the Triceraton planet. Yeah. Oh, I think that was four or five issue four or five, but you know, just just a cool little comic book, great artwork, and really funny comedy. Some of it's a little uh, salty once again, but uh, so, you know, it's good stuff. Hey, 
Did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep. Pizza. Well, above, actually. Well, I was going to give you guys a tour of the store. Ready? All right, guys. Uh, toy reviews. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go ahead and go first. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Um, now, let's see if y'all can... Can you actually see that, Rob? Can you see the actual face right there? Uh, let me pull up full screen. I see a lot of Josh, unfortunately. I see a lot of Sorry. Josh. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just show off the, the little boxes. Um, okay, so these are really cool. I didn't even know these even existed. These are Mega Bloks Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figurine sets based off of the original Mirage comics. And these are very cheap. Um, I paid $40 for the whole set, so that's basically $40 per turtle. And real quickly, I'm going to go ahead and show you the uh, the cover of the box. And these are actually very detailed, Rob. I realize. Uh, nice. You can see Leonardo right there. And then if you turn on the side, you can actually see uh, Leonardo on his pose. And basically, what what for those of you who don't know what Mega Bloks are, uh, they're a little more detailed than... Um, Legos. Uh, these are just kind of like uh, li- little displays. Um, Leonardo comes with his trademark katana, and then also you can see a uh, it's sort of it's sort of almost supposed to be like like a like a comic panel that you can attach to the sewer pipe. And on Leonardo's, it's a uh, clan uh, throwing daggers. And then above there, you can actually see uh, Leonardo and his uh, trademark uh, pose. And Next, we're moving on to uh, Donatello. And then you can see Donatello right there. Uh, you can see uh, he has uh, a picture of the shredder that can attach to the pipe. And then you can see Donatello's pose with his bow staff. And if you flip it on the back, uh, you, can, you can do different poses with um, with Donatello. You know, you can have him grapple onto the pipe. You can... Have him just standing on a sewer manhole cover, and uh, yeah, that's Donatello. Oh, hold on, just a sec. Right here, doggy. Sounds like your dog's mad that you took his toys. <laughs> it's Dogatello. That's my dog. Yeah, she, uh, she wants to get on the bed. Hold on, just a sec. I'll put her up. Well, at least your at least your dog didn't poop on the floor like mine did. Oh, no, she went to bed. <laughs> okay. Uh, so next, we're moving on to uh, the wild party dude, Michelangelo. And that's Michelangelo right there. Nice. And one one of the really cool things about um, each of the turtles is that they actually have a, a metal shell. And that has yeah. like a, a little peg where you can actually stick them onto um, the sewer pipe. So here's Michelangelo. You can see a, a picture of the, the hungry, munching Mausers. <laughs> uh, Flip it on the back. That's uh, that's his nunchucks. And actually, what's weird about this this figure, Michelangelo, is that he actually comes with three pairs of nunchucks, not two. Because I, th- I think the problem that people were having was that even though this is a this is a uh, a forty two piece set for each each turtle, uh, a lot of people were complaining that uh, when when they received them, they Michelangelo only had like one nunchuck, so they just threw in two or whatever. Um, huh. And, Last but not least, uh, this is Raphael. Uh, you can see Raphael right there. And he has a picture of uh, Casey Jones doing the Goongala pose. <laughs> and then uh, flip it on the back, you know, again. Probably uh, won't be the see... first time we we uh, say that today. Or the only time. 
manhole cover. Now there are actually two more sets. Um, they're they're a little bit more rare. Um, the first set is a Leonardo versus Shredder set. They're actually fighting uh, on top of um, a building. The only thing I don't like about the Shredder this this isn't really a client. This is just my personal opinion. Is that the Shredder basically looks like the '87 um, Shredder toy. Uh, he's just painted black and white to look like the yeah. Mirage comic. Other, other than that, it looks fine. And there is another set with um, with Casey Jones versus Raphael, and it's on top of um, April's uh, a- uh, a- antique shop the the second time around. Those are a little pricey. Um, they're not too expensive. Uh, you should be able to find one for about thirty to forty dollars. So that's not too bad. Um, but yeah. Yeah, these these are really good. These these uh, I, I think these would make like like a good like Christmas gift or a good birthday gift. And uh, uh, like I said, you can you can if, if you want to buy them buy them individually, you'll probably pay about eight to ten dollars. Um, if you want all all four of them, uh, you'll probably pay about thirty to forty dollars. And uh, yeah, uh, for these for these, uh, you know, I'm also gonna give these these a ten. These these just they look really good and they really pop. Um, they're they're really uh, appealing to the eye, and they have that that classic, um, you know, uh, kind, kind of gritty gritty feel to them with like uh, like 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 the uh, the battle damaged uh, shells and everything. So uh, yeah, I'm going to give the Mega Bloks TMNT playset based off of the original Mirage, Mirage comics a perfect score, ten out of ten. Wow, nice, nice. Well, you got me intrigued, man. And as a matter of fact, I think it's so funny that you you decided to bring this one up or to review this one this week because I think the latest version of our buddy Anthony Hernandez is he does a YouTube show uh, every Tuesday called Tutular Turtle Tuesdays and I think he had reviewed those figures too and, and was complimenting the the diecast turtle shells so so good stuff man uh, don't have to get me at least a Donatello one guys we got another toy review for you so uh, so Josh man take it away my friend. Okay, so I think by now listeners understand that I am a firm believer that the Playmates 1988 line of figures is probably the best, arguably the best kind of Ninja Turtle figures we've ever received. You know, um, they were a real big proponent of color in those figures. There was a lot of detailed sculpts. Um, There was a lot of detailed, even the weaponry itself was super detailed. Yeah, sure, it was just a lot of you know, brown plastic or blue or depending or red, depending on the figure you got. But what I want to review today is actually just the quality of the packaging that they came in. They came in the blister card packages, which is just the, the, the cardboard uh, card back and the plastic bubble over them housing the figure. But I wanted to talk card backs here today because these are actually kind of a collector's item. Not only is it an awesome figure that's contained within it, but you get a decent amount of backstory for the turtles themselves, especially in the early figures from 1988 until around, let me see, 1992, it looks like. Um, yeah, from 1988 to 1991, all of the card back had like a variation of the... Ninja Turtles origin story, none more detailed than the first run of figures in 1988, where you actually saw the turtles falling into the sewers. Hamato Yoshi was meditating when he found them. Uh, Orokusaki spilling the mutagen on them, and then they turned to Ninja Turtles themselves. Mm-hmm. And you would get 
a nice little brief description of what figures were already out in line. Like in the original 88 series, you had the 10 figures consisting of the four turtles, Splinter, April, Bebop, Rocksteady, a foot soldier, and Shredder. Splinter actually didn't come out, or Krang didn't actually come out until the 1989 series, the second series, which consisted of a lot more figures. Um, you know, you had Gangbuck, Ace, Duck, Krang, Baxter Stockman in a fly form, Usagi Ojimbo, Leatherhead, a bunch of awesome figures, man. <laughs> so, actually, the Leatherhead figure is actually my most damaged one. There's, like, some chips torn out of it. There's some dirt on the back of it that I can't get off. I don't know. It looks like somebody spilled coffee on it or something like that. <laughs> but whatever. Figure was in good shape. That's all I cared about. And plus, it was a It's Christ- from the swamps. Yeah, it's from the, you know, all the humidity in the bayou when he's making gumbo. Exactly. Yeah, it's that, uh, that, that Cajun coffee, I guarantee. You're going <laughs> to be good in my new gumbo, you know? Good <laughs> in my gumbo. But I love the, the, uh, a lot of them went crazy in the 1992 series. It was called New for 92, and it was celebrating the fifth anniversary of the figures themselves. And this is probably the most controversial figure in the line. I'm going to put Dr. L right here. You know, kind of kind of a racist figure. I'm not going to lie. He's an African elephant, and he's a witch doctor. But, you know, <laughs> you could get away with so much in the 90s, It's dude. a different time, yeah. Oh, yeah, different time. But... Uh, you know, they had to ditch the origin story by then and just showcase the figures themselves. And, you know, real quickly around 1992 as well, they also kind of ditched the exploding brickwork artwork for the Ninja Turtle figures themselves and just went for the basic four turtles and then an explosion and housing the figure. Mm-hmm. And that was probably because they had so many new figures and new accessories that they wanted to showcase that they couldn't wait on putting artwork for each figure from an artist on each card back. So it was probably a cost-cutting solution as to why they went with this basic, I don't want to say generic because it still looks cool, but this generic card back. They didn't get to the more generic stuff until like around 1997, 1998, where they had this purple card with the full turtles on there. And then in the sewers, no explosion this time. Um, (laughs) And then, of course, you had the Toon Turtles, which a lot of people might think is just another variant. uh, Because it was slightly another variant of the Ninja Turtles having a more cartoonish take on those figures. But there was actually six new figures released to consist of the three new Trinos, Zack, Dask, and Kala. But they also had a uh, Burn Thompson figure, you know, go, 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 go. Um, <laughs> a Vernon Fenwick figure and an Irma figure. Which I don't think Irma had a last name. Uh, oh, I actually didn't know that they had an Irma figure, huh? Yeah, they've got an Irma figure right here. It looks very different from her actual cartoon counterpart, where mm-hmm. I kind of prefer the cartoon design to her figure design, where she's just got a blue sweater and a purple skirt where this one, she's got like a yellow blouse and a green sweater, silver and a red. Oh, wow. She looks very, again, keeping in tone with the figures themselves. They were very bright and they popped a lot. Hey Josh. Yeah. I I was going to ask you like what, what time frame was the Toon Turtles? Cause in my, I remember seeing them when I was a kid, um, probably around 92 or 93. Is that right? Yeah. According to the back of the figure, um, they all have a copyright on them. 
these figures came out in 1992. So oh, okay, yeah, I remember specifically seeing them. A tricky thing to look out for if you're going to try to find out what year they came out in. A lot of times the figure came out in 1993, and then the the artwork for the package was produced in 1992, or approved in 1992. Oh, that is copyright that you'll see. So sometimes you'll get a figure that says 1992, but it was actually 93. Or yeah, you always gotta check their foot. Yeah, or their butts. Right, exactly. <laughs> but oh, one one last thing. You know what would have been a great accessory for for Irma? What's that? A boyfriend. A boyfriend, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I Man. I know I know that on the episode of the episode of Sky Turtles, she actually has a crush on, on Donatella whenever they're going whenever they're going after the uh, that dish and, and Donatella sa- says uh hey you see that you see that stupendous dish and she goes, Why thank you, Don Donatella and he goes, No, I was talking about the satellite dish armor and she goes It's just always like that. Yeah. Guys always choose T V over me. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was a great line from the uh, cartoon that we'll watch later, uh, where Irma, Irma, poor Irma, she just wants somebody to love her. You know, that's at the end of the day, that's, that's the thing. And April says, "Don't worry, I'm sure one day you'll hear wedding bells." And she says, "Please, the only bell I hear is on my microwave." <laughs> like, oh God, <laughs> poor Irma, man. So sad, so sad. I'll get into like, I know a lot of people want us to talk about the if they're. You know, a lot of people might not know what we're doing right now, but a lot of people probably remember the portrait that came on the back of every card here with mm-hmm. a great, um, a great, you know, basically a short story of every figure, you know, explaining, explaining exactly why they're cool. And one thing that's really awesome is, yeah, Playmates kind of went crazy with the variants, but every variant had its own specific portrait to them. And they did a, I mean, like, they would do a short story for like Sewer Surfer and Michelangelo, or Sewer Samurai Leonardo, or Space Cadet Raphael, and like just the specific story to that figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of work put into just the presentation of these of these uh, cards. As the series went on, they got more generic, probably for a cost cutting thing. But also, you know, like the next mutation one I'll put right here. This is the Venus card back. They all had this very generic uh, turtle holding a sh- holding a uh, a sewer manhole cover, and but they had on the back they showcased most of the figures in that line, and they also had uh, let's see, um, let's see, basically the portrait of that figure was written was uh, spoken by Splinter. It was supposed to be it was said it was uh, called Splinter says, and. Going further into the line, this is from the TMNT 2006 or 2007 movie. The figures were actually released in 2006. The first line of them was. And this one's actually the most generic one that I have, where it just says Tindy. And then on the back, it just gives you a synopsis of the movie, and then it shows the figures. I have no idea what figure this went to. (laughs) So like the four turtles themselves came in uh, package blister card packages like this that had pictures of the four turtles and that was it. And mm-hmm. then you know I don't know if this is from Splinter or Karai or Shredder or April I don't know it belongs to. So one of life's great mysteries right there. And another thing I wanted to show off this is technically this is part of the line here. 
1995, these came out. These were the Savage Dragon figures when the Turtles were part of the Image uh, comic book universe. And this is my card back for uh, Savage Dragon and then his partner, She-Dragon. You know, basically <laughs> Savage Dragon, basically the Hulk, and this is She-Hulk, pretty much. <laughs> there were, let's see, there were seven, yeah, seven figures in the line. Uh, there were the three turtles, because Leonardo, that figure never came out. It was showcased at Toy Fair in 1994 and never came out in 95. Michelangelo, Raphael, Donatello, the Savage Dragon, the She-Dragon, and Barbaric, who is just mm-hmm. a big bruiser kind of character, who's another good guy. There were no villains released in this line. But then they also had the Battle Damage Sa- Savage Dragon, so he's got, like, torn up clothes, he's bleeding a bit. And then the She-Dragon... You can get her with a full head of hair, and there was a variant where she had a mohawk. I don't know which one I have. Real quickly, I'll just show off the Savage Dragon figure right here. You know, he's got huge, nice. he's got some guns, and he's got some, he's got some, uh, he's got a big rifle, giant revolver. Pretty standard for Image Comics right here. Actually, a very detailed figure. I really like that. Yeah, I know. That's another thing about the old Plymouth line. They did not skip on quality, man. Like, they... Their colors are very vibrant, even though this is just bringing shades of blue and then shades of green. But the detail work, just on the musculature of the figure, how wearing all these bandoliers, uh, a, holster, a side-arm holster. He's got a radio that plugs into his leg and then a knife that plugs into his uh, calf knife holster there. Well, they modeled his uh, physique after me. They, they, I remember when they called me specifically and said, Hey, I need you to stand here with a police uniform on. And that's where they got the Savage Dragon uh, design. And Rob didn't <laughs> question why him, when that figure came out, he didn't question why at eight years old he was asked to... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, I'm a uh, genetic genetic freak. What can I say? You know what? If if that was you at eight years old, that's a perfect revelation of stuff just going downhill from there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was all downhill from eight. Oh, man. I but hit my also, uh, midlife crisis at 12. Oh, gee, yeah. As we as a lot of us do, 12 years old is a very hard year, man. Right? <laughs> that's true. And so for the 2009 25th anniversary figures, they had the... Actually, this one isn't. This is just a classic uh, reproductors. When the 2012 Ninja Turtles came out, they actually re-released a lot of the old-school figures. Yeah. Uh, consisting of the four Turtles, Slinner, Shredder, and the Turtle Van. One thing that was cool of these reissue figures and figures... Card backs, like, one thing that was cool was that they actually used the original molds of... Yeah. Figures. So, and one thing, one thing that's really cool is like the history of Leonardo figures, consisting of like nine different figures of, you know, the old school '88 line, the Next Mutation, the Movie Star line, 2000 2014 movie figures. The right. reason uh, when that figure set came out, a lot of fans were requesting for the Leonardo from the 2007 movie. And the reason why that one wasn't included was because the molds were actually damaged beyond repair after that figure line came out. So they couldn't, um, they couldn't get some seven movie Leo to join that figure set. So, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, the molds actually, I don't know if they were just damaged or if they were broken. I'm kind of conflicting reports on that, but everyone kind of agrees that they were broken. Uh, so they couldn't use those molds. So yeah. Yeah, there's actually uh, an an, a, uh, an error in the history of Leonardo's set. The um, the movie star Leonardo actually doesn't have a belt. He just has just like his straight huh. 
Uh, I think he's. I don't. I think he stars with his uh, his swords. Um, yeah. But yeah, like for some reason they never gave him a belt. I don't know why. I don't know either. Yeah, I noticed that. That was the first thing I noticed when I took it out of the box. There's the movie star Leo, and he's got no belt on. It's like, well, was he just swords all the time? But yeah, <laughs> I guess so. for slicing and dicing pizza. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's. Th- I'm, I'm kind of glad they they uh, didn't do. They were originally supposed to do the other history of Ninja Turtle figures with Raphael, Donatello, and Michelangelo, but they said it depended on the popularity of how much that Leo set sold for. And I guess they didn't sell too many of them because you can still buy now. You can buy them super cheap. I mean, sixty dollars yeah. buy them, six dollars for nine figures. I mean, that's pretty good price. <laughs> yeah, and like they all come screwed into uh, stands and with a excuse me, a big brick background, everything with their individual turtle logos on them. You know, that's pretty cool. I should have I should have bought them like that. That's one regret that I have because I wanted them. I just it's just the bad timing i didn't have the money at the time when they first came out yeah and now they're actually harder to find and the ones you do find i mean like i, I did see one at one probably about two or three months ago and it was really heavily marked down but the box was in terrible shape i mean i don't know what had happened um, but uh but it probably sit on the shelf for over a year and you know people look at them they put them down and after a while they they wear like any other piece of cardboard would uh but i just I don't know. Just because the box looks so shabby, I, I just chose not to bite the bullet on it. Yeah. Or pull the trigger on it. But now I just <clears throat> I regret that. Should have just bought it anyway because it would think like forty, fifty bucks. That was it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, here's that's... one. I just I just found one on Amazon for you, man. You can buy it new in box for seventy five bucks. That's not bad. Because well, what do they start out as? Like ninety. They started out at one thirty. That's what I got. Wow. It really? Wow. Yeah. So and to me that was worth it. I mean, it was a huge box. A huge, I mean, it's a huge figure set. Um, uh, it's basically two video games, two PlayStation two games. games. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's pretty worth it. I mean, the figures, I mean, you got to understand, the figures don't come off of their their uh, platforms that they're on. They're actually screwed into them. Yeah. So you can take them off, but why? Why would you, you know? <laughs> But so, anyway, one thing that I really want to mention on these cardbacks here, especially the old school one, actually all of them, if you look on the back, they actually credit what artist created which character, and... What, really? Yeah, like, one thing I wanted to highlight really quickly here was Ryan Brown. Ryan Brown, man. He's the man. He was actually, he was from Mirage, he still is an artist from Mirage Studios. He was really prolific with the, uh, um, the Archie series, he was an artist for that. But he created so many original characters for this line. Like, just off the top of this collection here, you know, he created Tattoo, King Lionheart, Worm. Um, one of your favorites. Yeah, Worm, yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, Monty Moose, that old chestnut of a character. Uh, <laughs> Dr. L, Mutagen Man, you know, and they even credit Stan Sakai for creating Usagi Ojimbo and Space Usagi. You know, is, you and said it was on the back of the card. It's on the back of the card in the copyright information next to the portrait. Yes. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it. fine print. You got to look at it, but you can find it. And they even mention um, Steve Garcia creating pun. Yeah, yeah. An- another thing about those uh, those Dragon TMNT toys that you showed off, Josh. I actually didn't know this, but they actually have a um, like a one shot micro series. Uh, comic book of them, 
and I did yeah. not know that until like the other day when I was just browsing eBay. I just typed in Jim Lee Turtle comic, and it showed up as like the Jim Lee Turtle toys, Savage Dragon. And there's like a, I think there's like a, a short, not very long. It's like a short micro series for like each turtle. And uh, yeah, well, those Savage Dragon figures, they actually came packaged with a comic book. Oh, really? And, I didn't know that. Yeah, depending on what, and first off, um, it was like a mini comic. It was like maybe. I don't know. It, it fit into this card. I don't. I can't tell yeah, you the dimensions. Yeah. Three yeah, inches by two inches. Right. But, um, it was. They all came with the same comic, but I. You're tricked into thinking it's a different one because the cover is represented of what figure that you bought. But they're all uh, the same comic, and it was the first time it was Savage Dragon, She Dragon, and Barbie eating the four turtles. So, and then, an ex- it all ends the same way. An explosion happens, and they all run towards it. So. <laughs> So, but yeah, it's pretty cool, and I think I might have one or two down downstairs on my desk somewhere. But I don't know if I still have it. It might have gotten lost or, or right. thrown away. But one thing that's really cool is like one thing I wanted to show off is this tattoo figure. His uh, tattoos actually came taped onto the there. They're actually stickers. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have those on my tattoo figure because like stickers eventually just kind of peel off. And these mm-hmm. stickers happen to be over 20 years old, so who knows if they're even going to adhere to them. So a lot of the figures came with one of these uh, action figure catalogs and the accordion style right here. Well, according to what everyone says about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that was a reach. I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> it's a good thing you have a day job, man. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think oh. these card backs, you know, man, they're they're a super cool collector's item, and I do believe that they are a collector's item because a lot of us, especially when we didn't know what we had, yeah, a lot of them just, I mean, a lot of us would just throw it away or we would cut the port out, and yeah. one thing real quick, hold on, sorry about that, I forgot, I've actually got a small collection of just the portraits here. So, oh, nice. Yeah, real quickly, I've got portraits for Genghis Frog, Pizza Face, Scumbug, Mur Dude, Half Court, Hot Spot, Sandstorm, Robotic Bebop, and I've got Scratch's portrait right here. So, nice, nice. So, now Pizza Face, for some reason, that strikes me as a brown figure. I'm just curious. I wonder if it says it on there. It doesn't say it. Yeah, because you know what? Irony of irony is I can't I can't tell you where it is. Like, uh, the portrait, the copyright information is right next to Ah, oh, right beside it. I oh, got you. Oh, and this is just the portrait. So that's all I've got for that. Yeah. But just an, an example of just how crazy these things got. Like, I'll read the portrait of... Uh, I'm going to read you Scratch's portrait because I just like to show off that I got that one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Portrait of Scratch, the Crafty Crook Cat, uh, Vital Pertistics, <laughs> Weapons, Jailbird, the Swindling Sidekick, he's got a bag of burgled loot, which is a bag of money, he's got a criminal cake gun, which always gets a little <laughs> bit of crap because it's a piece of birthday cake with a gun in it. You know what that, you know what that, that's an old school... Looney Tunes joke about how the girlfriend would put the nail file in the cake for his birthday so he could saw out of his cuffs and break out of his cell. Well, his, he's, he just takes it one step further. He's got a, a nine mil in there. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever Nobody know. Nobody will know. And it worked. He's out. You know, so. 
That's right. He's got That's a right. felonious club, which is he just got <laughs> he just got a dead fish and he beats people with it, which is kind of horrifying if you think about it. Oh, sure, sure. His favorite government employee is a dog catcher, <laughs> and his favorite breakfast uh. cereal is mouse granola. Uh, wow. And then this is his portrait. It says he's been. I'm set- surprised it's not mice krispies. Mice krispies. I'm sorry, oh, dude, terrible. you should have you should have been right on them, man. <laughs> Mice Krispies. That's okay. Rob, you got one. You finally. All right. It's nice to win one. Rob can be back next week. <laughs> you know, on the show that he started, he can come back. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. I, that was very cool. And so his portrait says he's been sentenced to nine life terms. He's busted out of jail nine <laughs> times. Now, That's this flea bitten feline is free to frolic with the fetid foot clan. Scratch is the meanest street cat you're likely to meet. And if perchance you do run into this mutant mongrel, <laughs> run him over before he scratches you senseless. But beware, Scratch is a master of trickery, and that's how he gets out of jail all the time. He may fool the fuzz by offering them a piece of his criminal cake gun, then it's swipe, and Scratch is off running with his swindling sidekick, Jailbird. Together, they torment and terrorize the teens by bumping off banks and teaming up with the Shredder. Scratch has got his felonious fish club, too, to batter up the turtle teens. And no matter how he flips the fight, Scratch always lands on his feet. So don't cross Scratch's path, or he'll cross you out. Wow, so many puns. I what know, a great right? play on words. You missed your calling, Rob. You should have yeah, No kidding. You could have joined- worked Flames Toys writing all those. <laughs> I like the purr chance. That that was good. I know. And <laughs> Very like, subtle. On the old school turtles, it's like it's called turtle tortistics. So, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> and on April's card here, I mean, just as as far back as 1988, the portrait of Leo reads: the TV news reporter and the turtles. Vital news: uh, her birthplace is she's five foot five and 115 pounds, and she's a young five years old. <laughs> April's a young 25 years old. April's a determined TV news journalist, always prepared for the late-breaking news feature with her camcorder strapped around her arm. Her eagerness, however, gets her into trouble and makes her a big pain in the shell for the turtles, who always <laughs> ends up saving up, who always ends up seeing damsel in distress. Still, April's no airhead and is a valuable member of the turtle team. Being a pretty human has its advantages, like getting in the places the turtles can't. When the situation calls for more than a news flash, April's ready with a trusty gun, which is secretly inside her camcoder. Oh my god! So apparently, what? What? Yeah, and like if you look at her uh, card back, she's actually there in a nine mil. You know, so <laughs> and it's so. Cool. Oh man, that changes got, everything. The the actual the accessory the nine mil fits into the camera. Wow. So like, wow, you pull the gun out of the camera and shoot Shredder with it. So. All those times she was like, oh, I got a good story. Really, she was about to hold somebody up. Exactly, yeah. Give me the news. <laughs> yeah. Give me the news. Now. <laughs> Thanks to April and Neil taking it to the streets. No, for, yeah, yeah, for real. Jeez. Well, that's, well so, so if she's five foot five and towers above the turtles, the turtles have to be like four feet tall. Yeah, like the, if yep. you read, yeah, it just, it makes no sense why they're four feet tall and fighting people. Yeah, because like they mentioned, like Donatello's, he's like five foot or four foot five. Is that right? Wow, yeah. he's a tall one. Well, let's see here. I've got uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Here we go. A portrait of Ace Duck. He's four foot six. <laughs> four foot six. <laughs> well, big for duck standards, but you know. Yeah, but like he was still a dude, you know, probably around six <laughs> foot, so he shrank by two feet. 
you know? Yeah, that's why. Like, I would have been yeah. so mad if that happened to me, man. Because, I mean, I'm not the tallest guy in the world, but if I woke up tomorrow and I was four foot six, I would be mad. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like here's the portrait of Splinter, and he's four feet tall. I don't know if you can read that. Wow, Splinter's four feet tall? Yeah, wow. Four feet tall, weighs 125 pounds. Wow, wow he's a little guy. Yeah, he's yeah. a little guy with a lot of muscle, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> man, good stuff. This this was a great toy segment, man. Yeah, so not exactly a figure review, sorry, except for my impromptu Savage Dragon figure review, which you can buy pretty cheap on Amazon. I got this guy for 20 bucks, New in box. Nice. 20 nice. bucks. Oh, so, man. Uh, yeah, would definitely recommend getting these old image uh, comic turtles. You can still you can get them pretty cheap on Amazon. That's where I got all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I got them for around twenty to twenty-five bucks a figure, which is pretty worth it to me. It ke- they came out in nineteen ninety-five. They were all new in box. That uh, Donatello that I got you, Rob, last year—that's from this line here. Um, oh, I love. Yeah, with the purple cape and everything. So I'm gonna put Where'd this. Guy I, I got him. I got him hung up somewhere. Where would I put him? I'm looking right now. Uh, he is. Oh, I got him in my closet. Like I got this. Um. I got my closet doors open, and that's where I have a lot of my, um, like, more obscure stuff. Yeah. And I got Donatello hanging up in there right now. He's, he's right by my um, Donatello um, bike pouch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, glad to see I made the cut. There we go. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed. All right, dudes and dudettes, well, uh, you know, we had a double toy review, so now we're going to have a double comic review, and we'll probably have the longest uh, Turtle Flakes episode in Turtle Flakes history. So really, really excited about this. This was kind of an impromptu thing, because when I was scheduling this episode about to go, when we got to the classic era, I kind of forgot mm-hmm. that if we were to jump from Mirage issue, uh, volume one, issue nine to ten, uh, we, we'd be missing out on half a storyline. So yeah. as I was reading issue 10 this morning, I was like, wait a minute, I'm missing something here. So I went back to my turtle collection, and I actually have this Leonardo micro series. I had bought it, bought it, listen to me. I bought it um, mm-hmm. you know, quite some time ago, completely forgot about it. So anyways, you basically have to read the Leonardo micro series to appreciate issue 10 because it's just a, a straight-on continuation of it. So this Leonardo Micro Series, it came out in December of, let me pull up my notes, I think 86, if I were a betting man, let's find out. December of 86, because it was a couple months before U10, which came out in April of 87, so. Well, I actually have the um, the IDW Ultimate Collection, and on the back it actually tells you the date, so I oh, can perfect. actually look that book for you. Thank you. Just a second. Uh, let's see. And while he's doing that, one thing I have to say about the Leonardo Micro series is I, I I grew up I grew up a Donatello fan and I'll always be a Donatello fan, but I swear now I love all the four turtles for their own reasons. You know, the, the, it's it's literally the apples and oranges metaphor because every single one of them represents I, I guess a certain personality aspect, and I really really liked Leonardo in this issue. The irony is. He hardly says anything the entire issue. And that's what I loved about it because 
as we read this, we're going to talk about it some more, but there's a great contrast between this beautiful Christmas memory with three of the four turtles and Splinter hanging out with April and decorating a Christmas. And then we've got this other simultaneous storyline with Leonardo and the Foot Clan. And just how they interplay with each other. The pacing is perfect. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Probably my favorite micro-series I've ever read uh, was was the Leonardo one, which is kind of ironic because Leonardo, when I was a kid, was my least favorite turtle. But as an adult, he's kind of my... Probably I relate to the most. Uh, yeah, he's your adopted favorite. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I relate to Leonardo. He's, I, I know, I know everybody. Well, not everybody. I know some turtle fans like to call him Splinter Junior. and Goody Two Shoes <laughs> and Teacher's Pet. I don't know. It's just I always related to them. I there's just in this episode. I try to be a good leader like Leo, and you know. Mm-hmm. Any any leader, you know, even if you know, even this is kind of off, off topic, but even like Cyclops off of X Men, you know, he's the leader of the X Men. You know, he makes mistakes too. He's not perfect. Absolutely, you know, I, don't, I don't hate him. You know, I, but that's pretty much with, with any leader. You know, you have to you have to make mistakes and you know not beat yourself up over the past to be be a good leader. And uh, um, sorry, I actually found I the date. It. That's good. The date is uh, nineteen eighty six. Okay, so I'm going to say, just, just guessing, December 1986, because I'm pretty I, sure I think that this was... Right, because I think after this, the, like this two-part story arc is when they actually go to Northampton, and I think yeah, the Northampton yeah. actually takes place during December. So yeah, I, I think you're actually right about that. Well, the, right, the issue before first time for everything. Leonardo, the issue before the Leonardo series was the Michelangelo one-shot, and that takes place on Christmas Eve. So like yeah. these... Those three issues are like this weird, like twenty-four hour period where just like so much stuff happened. You yeah, know, eight hour period, probably like yeah, because the Michelangelo series, I think it's Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve, and then issue eleven, which we'll get to next classic episode, is in Northampton a few days after issue ten, and yeah, actually it starts on like a couple of weeks after, so it's it's. From Michelangelo to issue ten, it's like this weird forty-eight hour period. Uh, it's it's actually kind of confusing if you really think about it. Uh, where like I honestly cannot remember if Michelangelo is on Christmas Eve or not, but like something happens in that where like they're handing out presents to orphans in this orphanage, and it's this really cute thing, and they're all dressed up as Christmas elves, and uh, uh, Santa Claus is elves, and April is there too, handing out toys. It's where the, the little orphan aliens came out, <laughs> and then. The Leonardo issue happens, and they're trimming the tree and all that. And I just looked at Leonardo does not say one line in the entire comic until the last page. Yes, I love that. I love that. And you know, I guess some of this is personal bias, and some of this is just Rob. I love Christmas. It's probably Halloween and Christmas. I love them both for for their own reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like. I just love any comic book version and anything that's set in the winter. I think the winter and the snow is such a beautiful backdrop. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm reading this Color Classics version, so the colors really pop. Mm-hmm. From an art perspective and a color perspective, this is a gorgeous issue. From a juxtaposition perspective, because you, you see two parallel storylines working simultaneously all throughout the story. Oh, man, it's perfectly 
arranged. And that's not something I always pay attention to, but I just I just felt like the pacing of this was a perfect 10. I mean, this is really well done. And, uh, and, and another thing that kind of makes this nostalgic for me, and again, it's a Rob thing, is it's basically Raphael in the first film. You know, where, yeah. where Donatello's like, ah, don't worry about him, he likes it. You know, he... he they're referring to Leonardo when he's going out there. He's like, you know what? When Leo gets his mind on something, just he's going to follow it through to the very yeah, end. Yeah. So it's it's basically the first film. One of my earliest Ninja Turtles experiences in comic book form was from three years. No, I'm sorry, four years before the tr- the first film came yeah, out. Yeah. And I'm just now rediscovering this, and it's really blown my my mind a little bit and that's why i was so psyched up as a matter of fact listeners i was so excited i text these guys an hour before we record and said man i cannot wait to record because these are some of the best issues of any comic book that i've ever read um let me go ahead and get into it i'm gonna shut up now and just talk about the story so <clears throat> this leonardo series starts out with leonardo on a rooftop and uh is that raf going leo is that you is that him yes. um yes Okay, okay. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That's Michelangelo. That's Michelangelo. Michelangelo Michelangelo's okay. cooking uh, their turkey that they're going to have on Christmas. Is he the same one that uh, trimmed the tree a little bit later? That's Raphael. Uh, okay, okay. That was funny. That was a great scene. But uh, And another thing I like about this issue and then issue 10 is the first blend between humor and hardcore action, um, which yeah. I think the Turtles are the one of the very few franchises can pull that off. But anyways, this story is called What Goes Around Comes Around. It says an Eastman and Laird Bissette. I don't know who Bissette is. B-I-S-S-E-T-T-E. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I've never heard of Bissette. Uh, I know it has Dooney, Lawson, Brown, and Levine. Levine production, yeah. So the whole crew is here for this one. And now, I mean, this issue is firing on all cylinders here. And boy, the Color Classics just brings it out even further. But anyways, um, so you have Leonardo fighting these foot ninjas on a rooftop which makes you think of Raph on a rooftop in the 1990 film and then on the same page but a different panel you have April and Mikey bringing up a Chris tree you know, that's so Raphael you the whole... oh, I'm sorry Raphael are bringing the tree up and... oh, it's so tough to it's so tough to decipher them <laughs> I know that's why I told you man the colored bandanas is the best thing to ever happen to the Ninja Turtles Nah, you're right. You're exactly right. Uh, yeah, Michelangelo was once, I, th- I think, wearing the Kiss the Chef apron. Yeah. He that was, sounds like he him, yeah. He mask on, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Anyway, um, no, 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 good stuff, good stuff, man. I appreciate it. And uh, So you get, page two, you get Leonardo facing off against this foot ninja, and uh, just the artwork. Kevin Eastman's fight scenes are gorgeous, just great stuff. Every single one of these I wanted to screenshot. I mean, they, they all look so good. And then, once again, same page on page two, but you get uh, another panel at the bottom where it's April, and they're bringing in the Christmas tree, and uh, <laughs> Michelangelo's kind of aggravated at Leo, like, seriously, now i got to chop all the vegetables? And then poor Leo, they I mean, the turtles are clearly oblivious of what Leo's going through right now. Poor Leo's on a rooftop, and he's surrounded by all these foot soldiers. For the color classics, I absolutely I, I love the fact that they had the foot soldiers with glowing red eyes. It just really pops with the uh, the bluish black uniform that they wear. Yeah. And then once again, um, during this fight scene, at the very bottom of page three, you get Michelangelo or one of them um, putting the tree up. It says, 
Gee, I'd like to help, but I've got this tree. Uh, I've got this tree to trim, so I'm assuming that's Raph. That's Raphael, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, Leonardo is fighting his butt off here, and what a fighter he is! I mean, you you see his repertoire here. But the, what I love about it, we, we were talking about how Leo has no dialogue, not even an internal monologue. He's just fighting. Mm-hmm. So you, you have this comedic conversation between the turtles and April here, setting up a Christmas tree and Splinter there trying to help out. And then you have this really, really serious scene where Leonardo's facing off against these, this, this Foot Clan here. Don't know how out there, don't know how he found them or don't know how they found him. But he's out there, so you have this contrast between really light-hearted scene and this really, really dark scene at the same time. And if you pay attention to the layouts of every single comic panel, or every single panel of this comic, you see the contrast on each page, mm-hmm. which is so cool. You don't see that all the time. You know, sometimes it's from one panel to the other, there's this big um, contrast. But in, in this case, 80% Leonardo fighting. And then the last part, the 20% of the page, is the turtles hanging up the tree. Yeah. So really, really cool dynamic. Yeah, the last panel of every page is them putting the tree up or making dinner or something like that. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Of each page, which is something I normally don't pay attention to, to but I couldn't help but notice in this issue. So Leonardo's facing off against um, the, this clan, and it's just one after another, and just gorgeous, gorgeous scenes that, I mean, Deathman's flare all over it. And Laird's shading all over it. I mean, it just looks so good. And it's really interesting to see how he actually troops these rooftops like they show. I mean, it's kind of it's hard to pull off when you have static images and you have to portray movement when it's yeah. not a fight scene. I mean, you can only sh- I mean, you don't have the ease of showing somebody getting hit in the face where like uh, Leonardo jumps off a rooftop. He notices where the uh, fire escape at the building across. Him. Yeah, I love that Jump off the rooftop lands on the fire escape, backflips off of it, lands on a trash dumpster, then jumps off onto the street. And then right as he lands on the ground, four more foot soldiers come out. They were hiding in snow. They had very sickly buried themselves in snow, and they just, like, get up off the ground, and now he's got four more to fight at one time. And it's really cool how they show, just, like, it's so... Really, you think about it, there's not a lot of panels showing the movement, but they show just with images how stuff happens exactly exactly and it goes to show you that you don't need dialogue to tell a story mm. artwork can tell the story just as well sometimes yeah. uh you you see leonardo completely surrounded there and then you once again you get a cutaway of uh splinter talking about how he has faith in leonardo he's like you know what you can take care of himself i'm not that worried which actually is kind of funny because it changes about <laughs> the second half of the, the book he starts getting worried so you get all these great, great scenes where Leo is fighting the uh, the Foot Clan. Uh, just guys, my dialogue, my my explanations can never do it justice. You got to go and read this issue, and I recommend the color class too because there's there are things that if I was just looking at the black and white issue, I probably wouldn't have noticed before that you you do notice in the in the color class issue. And it's two bucks on Comicsology, guys. Two bucks for one of the greatest, in my opinion, my humble opinion. One of the greatest Ninja Turtles comic books ever made. Um, and really highlights, I think, to date, really is is the best thing that Eastman and Laird had done to date. Except for maybe yeah. the first issue. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So you, so you get that scene of Raph going completely like uh, Super Saiyan on that uh, Christmas <laughs> yeah. movie. 
uh, which is great. And you see Michelangelo going, whoa, dang, Raph, you crazy, at the bottom of each page. But, okay, so so the further the story goes, you see that Leonardo, you know, he's pulling off very well. And who knows how many foot soldiers he's taken down at this point. Uh, I'm guessing at least 12 or 13, maybe even close to 20. Who knows? Um, but he's starting to wear down a little bit. He's starting to wear down because they're sawing his swords in half. Like one of the foot soldiers has one of those crazy claws. Uh, Leonardo's katana gets stuck in the claws, and then the foot soldier just slashes the claws to the other the direction and cuts his swords off. So he's starting to lose. As as skilled as he is, he's starting to lose. Which I think is so interesting because the Foot Clan, you know, the cartoon portrays them as a bunch of lackeys. Yeah. yeah. But they're pretty capable and they're a pretty formidable foe in, in these comic issues here. I mean this this is a strong version of the Foot Clan. I like that. It kinda gives them legacy to uh, their strength and their strategy because they're taking out probably the strongest strongest turtle. And Raph arguably might be right there too, but Leonardo's their most skilled yeah. turtle. And and they're taking him out by himself before they attack the turtles. But before I get in my head, ahead of myself here, so April and uh, the rest of the turtles are putting up the lights and once again, Leonardo's just, even with his half katanas, is... is uh, deflecting these shuriken that are being thrown at him so he's still adapting even though he has less weapons for uh let's see what else that's really cool Uh, what happens next with the fight with the foot clan is like um as leonardo was fighting the foot the foot clan uh soldiers there he's running through the alleyways trying to get back to april's apartment and rooftops of every other building is a foot clan member with a bow and arrow and there's arrows at leonardo but what they're actually doing is they're leading him to make him run in a specific direction. Oh, I didn't yeah, even notice that. Good, the, good stuff, man. None of the arrows are actually coming close to hitting Leonardo, but they're hitting the ground near him, so making him run in a specific direction. Ah, good. I never even noticed that. Good stuff, yeah. man. I like yeah, that. It's, that's, it's really cool because, like, it, it... And then you see the other turtles. They're putting up the tree. They're rec- They're noticing it's snowing outside again, and it looks yeah. beautiful, and it's a winter wonderland, and Michelangelo's turkey looks perfect. He's making a sweet yeah. sour tea, which I do highly recommend you try once. It's it's a, it's a <laughs> roasted turkey glazed and sweet and sour sauce. Oh. It's really good. Oh, my God. That sounds good. So, yeah. <laughs> and, yes, when I read this comic three years ago for the first time, I learned to make it. So I could. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, and, and speaking of that scene too. So now it's night. So obviously, through art, you know, there's no dialogue saying, "Oh wow, things are getting." You know, it's it's starting to get dark out. Well, I think Splinter says that later, but not at this point. Nighttime. So once again, artwork has told the story, and poor Leo has been fighting literally all day, and he's getting tired. He's getting tired, and then he sees this man in black. This man clothed in black, which I love that mm-hmm. i think that is such a great idea to kind of give you the slow reveal let the suspense build up that you know could possibly be you know as readers who are probably really attached to shredder from the first issue sure this is like no that's not shredder that that, that can't be shredder yeah could it could it you know you you know in the back of their mind I'm thinking no that's not him but boy wouldn't that be cool so you get this the slow build here and once again all in this this microcosm of a Christmas story, where the turtles are having the, you know just a great time cooking and enjoying the snow. So really really cool layout here. 
I guess Leonardo's in like this this Chinatown kind of uh, area of New York. Yeah, he's facing off against. I guess these would still be considered Foot Clan members. Yeah, there are uh, in in the 2003 series. There were uh, they were referred to as the Foot the Foot Elite Guard. Oh, yeah, the Elite the Guard. That's right. The uh, the flat hats on there, the bamboo hats. Yeah, those have always been in. They were those are like those Foot members are Shredder's like own bodyguard like those are his like personally trained members yeah so those ones are like the super dangerous ones and you see them in you see them again in city at war where they're actually taking up uh shredder's business basically they're finishing jobs that he had left unfinished basically so wow those are like super dangerous foot clan members like if you if you think of like army infantry soldiers you have the special forces guys. Those are Foot Clan special forces. So, oh, great stuff! But you know, it's kind of funny the way they actually entered the scene because I didn't know who they were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so oh, you, you see these snowballs? Exactly. Yeah. I was like, that's yeah. funny. So they start off with the you know the snowballs, but then you find out they're pretty formidable foes when they start breaking out the katanas. And then we get uh, toward the toward the I guess three quarters of the way through the comic, we get is this the first appearance of Clunk? Or that Michelangelo micro that was in issue. the Michelangelo series. Oh, okay. The micro series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I couldn't remember or not, but uh, yeah, so there's Clunk there. Uh, and for those of you who, uh, you know, have been following the show for quite some time, Clunk is a very special character to me because <laughs> it's probably still my, my all-time favorite issue is the path. Um, oh, man, this one's close. Uh, oh, this is really close. I, I, I dare say this is probably... Oh, I don't know. I was gonna say originally I was gonna say this is a better issue, but I don't think I can. I don't think I could ever do that to the path. I don't think I can do it. So, equally as good. Okay, I'll just say that. Uh, so, anyways, you get uh, lasting out of this this alley and scares this poor pedestrian couple. They're they're just walking by and they see this giant mutated turtle running away with swords. One's half broken. Uh, and then uh, you get Mikey playing with Clunk, and then you get Leonardo. Facing off against those shuriken some more, and once again, I guess they're leading him back to home. And we get uh, Splinter saying, "I only wish Leonardo were here to join in with the fun. I'm concerned about him. Uh, it's dark out now, knowing." So Leo or um, Splinter's starting to get a little nervous. Like something's not quite right. Leo should have been back by now. And he, to his credit, I, th- I think he's got like a Walkman in his in his hand. But he, to his credit, he's like, that's "Hey, not, man." Oh, okay. See, dang it, I did it again. Uh, that's right, because yeah, Mikey's got the kiss, kiss the chef apron on. Donatello's like, "Don't worry, man. We'll, we'll if if you're worried, we'll go get him. We'll try to find him." And Poi is still fighting in the snow, and the snow's just getting thicker and thicker. And you can see it in the background, and it really translate well translates well with the color classic issue, and the artwork is is phenomenal. And I don't know if you guys are where I'm at, but there's one scene. Where poor Leo has chains in his hands, and the snow is like melting off of his face. Uh, it is probably one of the coolest looking. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the coolest looking panels in the entire book. Yeah, he gets uh, kicked down. He gets kicked through into a construction site, which is where the foot was leading him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it, when you look on the next page, the top panel where he's holding the chains, and you can just see in his face how tired he looks. He looks he looks like Wolverine right there, man. He's yes, just, he does. Yes, he does. You're bad. right. 
Yeah, he's done being ha- he's done being a stoic dude. He's all just he's just angry now. Right, and once again, not a single word from Leonardo's been spoken. None of that, you know, cheesy dialogue or internal monologue where he's like, "Oh, these buffoons," you know. It, it's nothing like that. It's just a serious action scene, and you realize, holy cow, Leonardo's not going to win this fight because it's nighttime. He's been fighting all day, and as good as he is, he's not going to win this fight against the Foot Clan because. Look how many are still left. They're at this construction site, and there must be, at least in this one panel, like 20-some Foot Clan members just, just ready to attack them. Yeah, there's 20 of them. I just counted. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, that, that blows my mind. But then, uh, finally, Leo is like, holy cow, I can't win this. I cannot win this. And then, so he gets, he gets down on his knees, and all of a sudden, all the Foot Clan members, they start circling Mikey. And in the middle of the circle, we get this dude in a mask. The guy that was probably in the back of our uh, readers' minds. And you see the silhouette of this mask. And you're like, no, that can't, that can't be. How is that possible? That can't be him. And he's in the middle of the whole bunch. And you see Leonardo's eyes just pop open. Once again, no dialogue. And and he, I guess, tries to attack him? Or I'm not sure what happened here because one really cool thing is Kevin Eastman, I'm assuming, did this. You get this one panel where it just shatters into glass where you see Leonardo's reaction. It's just wide open eyes. You see him grip his chains, grit his teeth, and then you see him look in the distance and then that panel shatters into glass over the city. Yeah, kind of what's happening is like he's lunging forward to fight the Shredder. Ladies that's and what I assumed, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is Shredder right here. And oh, yeah. the thing that's really cool is there's this gathering of 20 foot soldiers around Leonardo who's just kind of ready to fight everybody. He knows he's out, but he's going to fight him anyway. And there's one lone figure in the middle, and he just pushes everyone to the side and takes his hood off, and there's Shredder, and Leonardo lunges forward, and then you get that glass effect, which is really cool. Yeah. yeah, the next page is even better where you get that that shot of him getting thrown through the window. Of, yeah, and he's just beat the crap, and uh, he finally because all of them say what happened. And he says the shredder is back, and then then it says to be continued in Ninja Turtles ten. Yeah, yeah, he goes. Oh, it's great that that last scene of this Leonardo micro series. He's all cut up, just like Josh said. <laughs> Uh, all the turtles inside are completely shocked at what just happened. And all it says is he's back. To be continued in TMNT issue 10. Holy cow. Ah, uh, just, just what a fantastic issue. And it reminds me of Raphael when he, when he comes through the roof and they all kind of grab him and stuff. Uh, I have to say, I'll just say this real quick. Easily in my top five, uh, this story arc. In my top finished turtle comics of all time, I loved this issue yeah. for so many different reasons. Yeah. Um, and the next issue is just wrong as this one is. Uh-huh. But uh, man, I have to say, ten out of ten easily. But I, you know, I know I'm just one one host on this show. So, so what do you all think? I know I've gushed over this issue, but what what do you guys think? Yeah. Um, before I actually read this issue, um. This was uh, adapted into the 2003 uh, uh, Fox 4 Kids uh, TV show. 
they changed a lot of things. Um, it's basically the same concept. The biggest change that they didn't that they mentioned in the four kids version that wasn't in this version was um, uh, th- this kind of all started with Leo just kind of wanting to patrol the city on his own, just kind of go on like his own training exercise. And instead of it being snow, it, it starts raining. Well, the rain just starts picking up and an hour goes by, then two hours and three hours. And Michelangelo is actually one of, one of the first that wants to uh, go after Leo and, and Splinter says, no, we'll just, you know, Leo's been through worse. Uh, we'll, we'll just wait it out. And then, you know, then like midnight rolls around and uh, so in the 2003 series, um, I, I actually the, uh, the the first foot ninja that he fight had this um, cloaking device, and um, whenever Leonardo is fighting them, they just they they get the upper hand on them. And, and uh, at first, you, you think that's going to be the end of it, and then uh, Leonardo does a really cool thing. He uh, he actually takes his bandana and he turns it around backwards to where a uh, bandana covers his his. And he listens to their footsteps, and that's actually how he defeated like the um, the, the Foot Clan cloak guards. And um, he he does fight the elite, the Foot Elite, but he's, he's mostly taken down like like fifty Foot Clan members. And um, the last the last opponent that he faces before he meets up with um, Shredder is actually Hun. Uh, Hun and him get into a one on one battle. And then, um, you know, he's he's fighting the foot elite guard, and they're they're fixing to to finish Leo off, and they back away, and all of a sudden it pans to the silhouette of the Shredder, and um, Raphael's fixing to to go after Leonardo. He gets thrown through the window, it, and it basically ends the same way. He goes attack the Shredder, and to their disbelief, uh, the Shredder is in fact still alive, and. Uh, the Mirage comics did a very good job on this. I'm actually going to go higher than a 10. I'm actually going to give this a 11 out of 10. This is by far one of the, not only one of the best issues of the Mirage comics, one of the best one shots. Um, I think this is actually up there with the, the IDW micro series of Leonardo. Are you learning about uh, Leonardo's mother? Just, just the combat scenes alone. And the fact that Leonardo you know, for literally hours on end, was able to hold his own against the Foot Clan by himself. Makes me uh, really ap- applaud uh, everybody that worked on this issue. So yeah, I'm I'm on a really really satisfied with how this uh, how the story turned out. Yeah, this one's actually really good. I mean, this this Leonardo Micro Series issue was so good they did it twice. You know, IDW put out like Thaddeus just said they they basically put out this issue but they upped the stakes like it was right after the mauser attack everyone was out they split up to go look for splinter and on his way to go find splinter leonardo runs into to like a hundred it's something crazy like 50 members of the foot clan in this construction it's really cool how it's laid out and one of the foot members is actually a shredder dressed up as a foot soldier and he says shredder's got him by the collar or got him by the Got him by the throat and he says, I'm unimpressed, which is a line that will come back when we get to the modern series again. But this issue here is really the most, I think it's got the most emotional action in the entire original run of the uh, the series. 
up until they do the re- return the New York storyline, which I kind of prefer this one because that one doesn't. I mean, you just kind of I have to reread it. I, it's been a while since I've read it, but you just there's so much possibility in this issue because you're just left with what happened to Shredder, how did he come back, and blah blah blah. But with this issue, I'm going to give it about I'm going to give it around probably a nine out of ten. I mean, because and it's it's really just like an annoying thing that happens in these early issues where it's like, what turtle is talking? <laughs> they don't have they don't have their yeah. weapons. The what turtles talking? But they do find little ways to differentiate them. Like Donatello, like you said, is holding onto a Walkman. Raphael has a scarf on with a hat, and then Le- Michelangelo's got the kiss the chef apron on, and then Leonardo's got his bandana on with the swords going. So if you yeah. really pay attention, if you're being an astute reader, like you should be who's talking but just if you're just like quickly glancing at it it's like what turtle is this yeah so, uh, i give it a nine out of ten great probably the best action this series has had so far you know even better than when they fought the triceratons you know because right. there was just so much going on it got a little frenetic and a little hard to tell where what was going on and where it was happening which is why i do say that you read the original books get the color classic reprints because adding color just makes it easier to figure out who's going on because this morning I read I actually did read this issue even though we were going to do issue 10 originally I read this issue and I read the color classics and the black and white because I was curious because I had them both and I wanted to know which one was better the better read color Classics is the better read just because you can just get the definition a bit more in there with the color the color adds a bit more definition yeah it's it's huge huge Man, I'm I'm so, oh, I'm so excited, man. This was one of the the best ones I've read so far. Yeah. And see, I have this this struggle because I know what what we had said about the IDW run. Uh, is it better? I don't um I I I, I think it's almost yes. like like a, a a tie actually because um, there's there's so much emotion in, in that because I actually have that that Leonardo micro series the IDW one that's probably one of my favorite issues. Just uh, I, I know that now as opposed to you know back when this worked on you can kind of do more with you know how technology is so they can actually do more emotion. Uh, but with that being said, um, you know for anybody that, that hasn't even you know, picked up the Mirage comics. Who's only, who, you know, who've, who've read the first issue. Yeah. Uh, they can actually jump into this, you know, without reading, you know, the Triceraton story arc and still love every panel of it because there's just so much hard work that goes into, um, doing this issue. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. You know what guys, we ought to, you know what, here's an idea. Why don't we just kiss an episode? And okay. do a, like a yeah. part two, you know, of this yeah. story arc, because I mean, this is a three-hour show right here, <laughs> you know, which is still yeah, a but, pretty dang sure, big show. Definitely going to be a to be continued uh, until next next week. But uh, for those of you that don't have the issue, if, if you do want to find out what happens, um, a good way to find out is to go on YouTube and type in ENT. Uh, 2003 series, The Shredder Strikes, Strikes Back, and that is a two-part episode. Uh, you can watch it for free. Um, they're 30 minutes long. Uh, like like Rob said, all the episodes are on YouTube, so all you have to do is just go to YouTube, type in 2003 series, like a huge playlist of season one, 
and uh, yeah, just go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone got any ideas, Pizza? Well, what are y'all feeling tonight? Or to this morning, I should say. Um, I'm actually looking at the uh, the Ninja Tur- Turtle official cookbook, and they have oh. this pizza that's a, that's a Donatello favorite. It's called Crazy Corn and Bodacious Bean Pizza, and it, <laughs> and it is made with... Uh, it, it's, uh, don't worry, Josh, it's not spicy. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's black beans, um, yellow sweet corn, shredded Monterey Jack cheese, and crumbled feta cheese. Donatello's a healthy turtle, man. Yeah. <laughs> and that's better than better. How <laughs> can do that? Well, here's to hope you enjoy your crazy corn and bodacious bean pizza. Calabunga, dudes. Calabunga, Okay, so I'll go ahead. Once you guys have it pulled up, just let me know, and I'll do a countdown. Yeah, this has got to open up iTunes first. This this, this takes a here. So. Oh, yeah, sorry, man. iTunes takes so long to open because because iTunes sucks, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Please write us more reviews on iTunes. We appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, oh, hang on. My, my wife's yelling at me. One second, guys. I'm sorry. Hang on. One second. Oh, sorry about that, guys. Oh, no problem. Cookie pooped on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, I thought it was something wrong, something serious. Uh, no, watch it. Get it. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's kind of my job. You know, I kind of take care of the dirty stuff. But uh... yeah. Hey, what's going on, Hoshead? There we go. All right. Sorry, I had to restart my computer because was on for too long, I guess. Your computer hates you. <laughs> my computer does hate me. It's, I don't know. I mean, I've had it for like five years now. Now, is that the I same one that was giving you trouble with the DVD player? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that one hates you. No, I think I got everything ready. Um, Man, we got to... I'm just fired up, man, because we got two really good comics we're going to be talking about, one of my favorite cartoon episodes we're going to be talking about. We got a lot of feedback, so this might be a long show, but I'm going to try to get through that feedback as quick as possible. Okay. Sorry, let me take the things out of my teeth. <clears throat> I'm trying to whiten, guys. Oh, man, yeah, you got to whiten. You got to whiten. I got a reputation to uphold. <laughs> Well, it's like you're, you're a special case because, like, you're in front of people all day, every day. Yeah, unfortunately. And if you're ugly or if you have the slightest flaw, which I've got a whole bunch of them, kids will let you know yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Kids, man. I know. Yeah. I'm sure you know no. all about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. My mom's just like, oh, stupid Ninja Turtles. Oh, God. My dad told me one time that he wanted a pile of money. All the turtles. He wants to get paid back from all the turtles he bought me. He's like, I just want a stack, just like right here, and all. He wants it all in singles. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm, I mean, it has nothing to do with the show, but um, uh, had, we had our neighbor up this past weekend, and she came into my room and she, oh my god, that's a lot of Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so see, you know, it was, it was pretty nice to kind of show off the collection. She's like. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she knew what to think of it. She's like, oh my god, I, these people move right next to me. It's so funny. 
it's so funny you mention that because whenever my parents come up to visit, they sleep upstairs in our room, colon downstairs in the fold-out couch because that bed is super uncomfortable and my parents are in the 70s and I don't really want to bother them with it. So I let them they sleep in our room. <laughs> and my room, I just, I don't care. I'll show you real quick, but I've got just shelves with turtle figures on them and everything. So, oh, man, and then beautiful. I've got the, the that case with the, the old. I love that case. Yeah. And the Technodrome on yeah, top. Yeah, that case man, was beautiful. the cheapest thing about that collection. So I'll just put that up. <laughs> so, um, but like when my parents come in uh, and see our room and see that I've got turtles, just I've got turtles on three on two and a half of the floor because the other side is Nicole's stuff and she's like a real tech savvy. She's got like all the, the video game stuff and the, we've got two flat screens on one wall with two PlayStation 4s so we can online play together. And um, well, why should not play Friday Thirteenth with us? She's not good at it, according to her. She's better than us, I'm sure. (laughs) And like her first time playing Friday the Thirteenth was playing as Jason. She's like, "What do I do?" I was like, "I don't know. You you got Jason before I ever." (laughs) (laughs) There was a good there was a good point in time where like there was a week. Well, we were playing, you know, just every day straight. You still weren't Jason yet. I was not Jason. You would get Jason two, three times a night. And I was like, <laughs> I have not been Jason at all. And then when I finally got Jason, I lost my internet connection. I was like, no! no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, but, uh, so my dad comes up. My Get ready to cowabunga me, because, but I have to explain it this way. <laughs> but uh, my dad saw my room and he goes, I'm just <laughs> I said, Dad, what do you think? He's like, you're 30. You're in your 30s. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, that, that that's kind of basically the, the reaction I got, except she didn't say it, but I knew she was thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, your mom? I never, I never got that reaction. They're, they're, they, the, it's so funny. My mom came to my room one day, and she, she goes, I'm surprised you haven't painted your, your entire room green. And, the, and, the, and then she had the idea. She's like, like, you know what would actually be really cool is if I made you like homemade like sewer manhole cover and drew like one of the turtles like sticking out and like put it like on my wall so it kind of like three-dimensional i was like that would actually be really cool i wouldn't mind that (laughs) wow that's a very supportive mom but but uh you know what like uh it it was so funny because like um uh aj who who i met at um who i met at uh pensacon I thought I was a Teenage Turtle fan. Dude, you want to talk about dedication? She saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows 50 times in theater. I what? Can't... God. 50 times? I said, I said, I said, why, why did you do it? She said, she said, well, I wanted, I wanted to win, win a bet against my friend. She goes, plus, I just, I love, I love the movie that much. So I'm just like, man. And, and it was so funny because she was, she was like telling me, like, we realized that that take you around the block and, uh, we ended up getting on the trolley, and we were talking about, uh, you know, favorite turtle comics. Because uh, she majors in, like, biology, so she was telling me, like, all these, like, 101 amazing turtle facts. I'm just sitting there, I'm just, like, wide-eyed. I'm just like, wow! She's like, yeah, <laughs> turtles do this, and then they, they live for this long. And it was so funny, because Gabe was sitting right, right beside me, and he's just looking at me, and he goes, dude, I, she's she's a bigger turtle fan than you are. She's, like, the turtle queen. And I was like, yeah, she's... <laughs> Well, okay, so I did a little bit of math, and you said 50 times, right? Yeah. Okay, so 
Um, my tickets here in Knoxville are uh, nine twenty-five, so they're they're kind of high. Oh man. Yeah, uh, it's uh, four hundred sixty-two dollars and fifty cents. She spent on Out of the Shadows. God bless it, man. That that is dedication, right there. That is, wow. that is, I love right that movie. Hate. I like that movie. If, if, if you're listening, like like that is that is pure dedication. Like <laughs> like you know, we're actually glad that you know we found you know another turtle fan that really enjoyed that movie because I, I really enjoyed it too. Man, that makes me feel better about the money on figures, man. You know, just <laughs> dang, man. Fifty times, dude, nerd. Sorry. Actually, no, it's a term of endearment. Yeah, you're in the stripes there. <laughs> to the Turtle Queen. There she is. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Hi. Hi. Who was that? Are you going to Nana's? Oh, okay. Is that Grayson? There's Grayson. Hey, uh, Grayson. How are you, honey? Are you going to Nana's? Are you going to Nana's? That's awesome. Oh, there's Nana. This is Isaac. Nana! Yeah, who is that? <laughs> hey, Isaac. How's it going, buddy? Yeah, say hi. 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 Ah, <laughs> oh, sweet. Well, we got the whole family here. This there's is great. Uh, there's that Thaddeus right there. Huh. So. Grayson, did you get a haircut, hon? Yes. It looks good on you. I like it. Yeah, you got Thaddeus. He's asking if you have turtles. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have Ninja Turtle shirt on. <laughs> uh, hi, honey. Hi, hi. Hi. <laughs> hey, Nicole. Hi. How hey, you doing? Are you looking at Rob? Yes, we are. Oh, I love your kids, man. Hi. Hey, hey. Nicole, how's it going? Hey. There's non-Rob also. No, that's Thaddeus. Oh, hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Oh, I love this man. So Nicole, I, we we saw where you got him some troll figures. You you did. Uh, I'm jealous. That's that's the last stuff I'm buying him though ever. Yeah. Oh, so. uh, ever, huh? Well, now he's got scratch and he's got the troll figures and. I I I promise I'm done. I promise they won't believe. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Want to look at this? Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. You can look at that. That one's not looking at. Yeah, you're gonna look at that one. It's not a book. It doesn't open. Aww. You sit here trying to open it like a book. <laughs> that's what that's what Grayson would do. Yep. Yeah. You want to switch? Yeah. My my son, he's a little book killer, man. He. Okay. Well, let's go get something to eat, okay? I'll be right there because I'm gonna be right down. I already mowed the entire lawn. I heard. <laughs> oh, did you, Nicole? God bless you. I'm sorry it took so long. That's okay. We still have to go to my mom's house and mow. So. <sighs> Why do I have to oh, go? Oh, bless you. You don't have heart. to go. You can leave the babies, and I'll take the kids. That's a good proposition. Yes, I have to take somebody, but all right. It was nice to meet you. Bye. <laughs> See you, Nicole. Have a good one. Yeah, <laughs> bye, Grayson. Bye, hon. Bye. Bye. Oh, I love your kids, man. Oh, man. That was good. Okay, yeah, you can have that. Go right ahead. You're welcome. Aw, oh, <laughs> God. I'll be right there, okay? Ugh, I gotta go to Nana's. Oh, man. So you gotta mow over there? Yeah. Oh, well. It makes you feel any better. I gotta mow here at the house, too. 
Yeah, but you don't go anywhere to mow. I mean, I gotta get the trailer put on the car, then I put the uh, uh, lawnmower on the trailer, and I go all the way down. Nah, she did buy you trolls, man. Yeah. <sighs>